here. I want to remind everyone, go to HankStrange.com. Sign up for our email list. That's what you need to do. Okay? And um, also, Lola's got Lola's deals on there. There's all kinds of different links that you guys could use to help us out or figure out where all our uh, content is going up to. So we appreciate everyone doing that. I'm going to press the open. And Welcome boom! back to the Hank Strange situation. Make sure you guys Life subscribe to the channel. If you're not subscribed, Logan. thumbs up. Ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live. Uh, don't forget, this is brought to you by Franklin Armory. Thanks to the Franklin Armory people for helping us to keep the lights on around here. We've got Jeremy. We've got Trey. Jeremy's new. Jeremy, we do jazz hands, so... You got to do it. You look like a tough guy, but you got to do the jazz hands. There we go. All right. There we go. I hope you got your big girl panties on because we are live. We are live. This is episode 577 of the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Hank Strange. We've uh, also got, let's see, there's Trey from Aries Firearms Training joining us with the aquarium, as well as Jeremy Liggett. Am I saying it right, Jeremy? Yeah, that yeah, that works. Liggett. Liggett, okay, Jeremy Liggett of uh, Fight Training. What's up? How how's it going? Good, man. Good, good. You know, this is the this is your first time here on the show. You were saying we've met before. I'm an old dude, so I'm terrible on memory. But I know I've met a bunch of people over there at Aries. So you know. Um, yeah, there's there's always people people all the all the time going to and from to and from. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, well, welcome on to the show here. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll talk about what you do as well as what Trey does here. Trey, there he goes. What's up, Trey? What's your, what's your thing, man? What do you have to? What's up, bro? Uh, I'm just, I'm just here, man. I'm, you know, I'm uh, <laughs> trying to keep up with all the things going on in the world. <laughs> you it's know, too much. No breaks. Yeah. <laughs> no days off. <laughs> Yeah, the world just wants to stay crazy. So, um, anyway, so we're going to talk a little bit about training because that's what both of you guys do. You know, uh, Trey has the facilities and Jeremy, you do training. So, um, you know what? Let's just jump into that, Trey. What do you think? First of all, let's uh, jump into what Jeremy exactly, what do you do? How'd you start? How'd you get into this gun world? What's your background? That kind of thing, man. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. So uh, obviously, uh, you know, my name is Jeremy. I own Fight Training LLC out of Central Florida. Um, you know, originally training people, it wasn't even on my radar. You know, I started out at a very young age in the military. Um, I did my time. Um, I got out and uh, I became a police officer in uh, the Atlanta area in Georgia. Okay. And, um <clears throat> I did that for many, many years, almost almost 14 years. Uh, I was a police officer there in Atlanta, and, you know, I, I really loved the job. Um, family brought me down to Florida eventually, and uh, I had the opportunity to open up a training company, and, um, you know, I dived right into it, and we've, we've been very, very successful with it. Okay. Successful. I like your logo back there, by the way. That's cool. I'm digging it. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, is that like a banner behind you? Can you move out of the way for a second? Let's take. Oh a yeah, look. yeah. Let's take a look Let's at the see. logo. Okay. Fight training. There you go. Oh, there we go. Double fisting. Yeah, you know, I with the logo, I wanted something that um, that uh, gets people excited. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. And I think I, I hit it on the spot with that logo. 
Yeah, that's uh, actually, yeah, that's pretty pretty good work. I'm not sure uh, who designed it and all that kind of stuff, but it's pretty good work. What branch of the military were you in, Jeremy? I was in the Army. I Army? was in the Army. Yeah. Okay. All right. Very good. Trey, you were in what? Navy, I think, right? Yeah, I was in the Navy. Okay. That's what's wrong with him. Yeah. If anyone is <laughs> curious to know. branch of the military, the Navy. <laughs> oh, it is? It's the oldest? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, all right. So you were in the army, you were a police officer and, and, and now you do training. Um, exactly what kind of, what levels of training do you have? And if the folks here are interested, you know, where do they go to find out about what you do? So we specialize in defensive tactical combat pistol and rifle, and we've mm -hmm. just recently added knife. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know, I look at the concealed carry permit in the state of Florida as a learner's permit, I guess is the best way to say it. So, you know, I tell all my students, um, anybody that follows me, look at that as a learner's permit and get 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 more advanced training. And, you know, that's where we start with the concealed carry, mm -hmm. um, that whole process. And then, you know, we work through it. It's a you know, it's it's a continual thing. I mm -hmm. think we're, we're all students for life. I think that's fair enough. Yeah. I think so. Would you would you agree with that, Trey? Uh, yeah, we're always learning. I'm always learning something new. Even yeah. Sometimes it's what not to do. Sometimes it's a new technique. Yeah. I, had, uh, I always jump into other instructors' classes. Jeremy's is one of them. I like to learn, always learn some new technique because those guys kind of stay up to speed on all the new stuff. And mm -hmm. you can never have too many tools in your toolbox to grab from. Even if you don't use the technique, later on down the road, it might serve a little bit more useful to go all right i've tried that technique i didn't really like it and it didn't really fit me so here's mm -hmm. why it kind of helps people out make decisions mm -hmm. absolutely yeah and and i think people you know as well should you know take time to go through things and figure out what works for them what they're comfortable with you know what their levels are and all that kind of stuff i see some people in the chat um izm24 says great training over at fight so there you go. Um, let's see. James, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, James Miller says that's why Trey has an aquarium. I guess that's the Navy thing. Oh, yeah, I want a bigger aquarium. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and Brian Quick says us Navy guys are badass. So there you go. You know, I mean, listen, I respect all branches, including Can't Space Force. <laughs> yeah. Space Force. They get a new show out called Space Force. I know. I looked at it. I looked at it. I was yeah. watching it last night. It's actually pretty funny. Steve Carell's in it. Yeah. Yeah, it is funny, although they're kind of like hating on the whole Space Force thing, but I think it was funny. Well, of course they are. That's part of the allure. But yeah, yeah I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. What were you saying, Jeremy, about uh, all the different branches? They're all badass. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 100%. Yes. So let's see here. What are we um, – how, how's training going over at, uh, at Aries right now? Like are you guys affected by – any of this stuff going on? Are you affected by uh, the whole COVID-19 situation? Are you affected by the uh, riots and things like that are, that are happening no, around the country right now? I'm affected by it as far as disruption. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like I've always enjoyed the new shooters. Mm -hmm. The new, I am, I am wanting to learn how to protect my family and defend mm -hmm. my family. And now I realize that the 2A is not about hunting and it's not about target shooting. It's about self-defense and protection of my family mm -hmm. because 
you know, you need, you should be able to have the right. Everybody should have the right to protect their family. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the, what it's fundamentally based on. And so we see a lot of people coming out and we see a lot of new, new shooters, which is great. And we cultivate that, mm-hmm. you know, just like Jeremy does himself. We bring those people in the fold instead of ridiculing them or being mean or whatever. Mm-hmm. We help them out and we draw them more into shooting community because mm-hmm. everyone we bring in is a vote for us and not against us. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. I, Go ahead, Jeremy. I, I, you know, I, I agree 110% with what Trey just said. I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, you know, when, when COVID came, um, you know, what I seen as far as an instructor in the industry is a lot of new shooters. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that kind of, uh, that, that kind of settled down a little bit. And then, you know, all of a sudden with, with everything that, you know, else that's going on right now, we've, we've seen a, 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 a huge, um, uptick in, you know, people registering for the, for the classes and stuff like that. Um, you know, we have people going into the gun shops once again, um, purchasing firearms for the first time and people that, uh, have purchased firearms, took them home, put them in a drawer, never used them, never went and, you know, seeked out training mm-hmm. are now calling me on the phone and wanting to get registered for classes, you know, concealed carry classes and, you know, um, firearm safety classes and defensive um, type classes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let me ask you guys this question. Um, there's actually there's a couple of things that uh, that I saw Lola just wanted to ask how you guys met. So we should probably start there. How did how did you guys meet exactly? Um, well, so I'll make a really, really, really long story very short. Um, I was, uh, up in the, uh, Metro Orlando area doing stuff with, with other people. And, um, you know, I was just starting to get the, the, the training stuff going as far as, you know, fight training LLC was concerned. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really hard to find a place, a range, I say place, I mean range, a range in central Florida Mm -hmm. that does not restrict defensive tactical type shooting, if that makes sense. Okay. Uh, And so I met with Trey, you know, I met Trey and, you know, we had, we had a lot, a lot of conversations and stuff like that. I think we kind of hit it off on, on, um, the training aspect of stuff. I think we agreed on a lot of it. And, you know, once I seen how Trey had developed the facility, once I seen how uh, Trey ran the facility and stuff like that, I I just immediately, I believe I I fit in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, we have a lot of the same beliefs. And I think that just kind of cultivated the relationship that we have. Okay. All right. Good to know. Um, Trey, how, how did this whole thing look from your point of view? Oh, you know, they uh, they came out and they talked with me, and like Jeremy said, we kind of hit it off. Okay. Nice guy, good trainer, a lot of good points. Mm-hmm. You know, worked hard from he's hardworking. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't, you know, hard finding somebody that works hard is uh, hard to find. Yeah, it really is. So and I'm, then go ahead. One second. Can you close the door? Close the door, buddy. You can come over here. Go ahead. I'm listening. Hank. Yeah. So Jeremy was saying that you know your facility is different from some facility, some other facilities. In that area, in terms of what you guys allow 
so far as training, is that something that you guys could talk about? You know, what what, is that, what is that difference? Go ahead, Jeremy. Well, <clears throat> you know, there I, there's a lot of institute, and there again, this is this is my opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is fight training LLC's opinion. Uh, you know, there's a lot of institutional inbreeding um, with with training. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll start. Let, let's talk about the concealed carry training. OK, mm-hmm. so in the state of Florida, um, you know, if you're an NRA certified instructor, OK, they can show proficiency to you. They meaning students, you can sign off on that and they can get their concealed carry permit through the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. OK, well, the state of Florida has not defined a specific curriculum. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of what you see, unfortunately, with concealed carry classes in a lot of places, you'll have uh, a situation to where, you know, you have a new shooter that's going to carry a gun in public. OK. Mm-hmm. And we all know that's an un- un- uncontrolled environment, a very a very close environment. I mean, think of think of your local Walmart. OK. They go in for for the concealed training. They sit down. OK, um, you know, they go over a little bit of uh, NRA material. Mm-hmm. OK, a lot of uh, safety stuff that has m- a lot of stuff to do with. I, I, I'm going to say a range type atmosphere environment. I'm going to stand here. Um, you know, I'm going to shoot, you know, at a target, you know, a lot uh, of first time stuff. Away. Yeah, I think, right. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. it's it's more target shooting, if that makes sense. Mm hmm. Um, and then what happens is, is in a lot of these places, they take them out back and they shoot a 22 bullet into a bucket. Right. Right. <laughs> and, um, you know, is that going to prepare someone? Okay. Or get their mindset prepared for the eventuality of a violent encounter, you know, in, in public. And I, I, I don't think so. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot of rules at, at ranges that are geared you know, um, towards the way the facilities built. I'll give you a good example on indoor range. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't want you to fire, um, rapidly. And what I mean by that is, is, is they restrict your rate of fire to where maybe you fire one shot every three seconds. So you shoot one, 1,000, two, 1,000, three, 1,000, and you shoot again. Yeah. You can't do mag dumps. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, and it's, it, it's, you know, people call it, call it mag dumps. Um, in order to win a gunfight, you have to be fast, mm-hmm. you have to be accurate and, you know, you have to be violent. And that's what, that's what win that's what wins a gunfight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, fast follow-up shots give you an advantage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of ranges restrict that. Yeah. Trey's range does not restrict it as long as you are doing it safely and you're impacting the burn. And little things like that, mm-hmm. they make um, they make a big deal. Yeah. When you're dealing with a, a violent person on the street, uh, the FBI statistics, if they're you know if if they haven't updated them in the last few weeks or whatever, says you know uh, most shootings are three feet, which is very close. Three shots in three seconds. I'm sure you guys have probably heard that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think there's so one of the things about one of the things from from let's say someone's listening and they're not familiar with Florida, for example, or or this whole process. Right. 
and they're just interested in firearms or they just bought something and they're thinking about all of this. I think the first, the, just to go back a little bit, right? The first thing that you're talking about is the process of getting to CCW in Florida is relatively easy, which personally I'm for that, right? I don't think it should I mean, be. I don't disagree with that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I agree. Yeah, it shouldn't be super with, difficult. The problem what you have is you got instructors who mm-hmm. have never taught or shot or really done anything going, mm-hmm. I'm an instructor now. Mm-hmm. I took this class. And yeah. Yeah. they're imparting erroneous knowledge onto these people that don't, they don't know anything either. Yeah. So instead of the people going out and actually getting training, they're going exactly like Jeremy. I bought a thirty-eight. I'm gonna put it in my drawer, and then five years later, oh my gosh, I got to use it. Mm-hmm. And what do I do? Yeah. And you know, and then we got a problem. So. Yeah. So there's like levels. There's levels to that. I think you know. The, so one, I'm four. I think we're all for the CCW process being easy. I think some states, some places use that as a barrier to entry to make it difficult for people to do this and then you have to take the personal responsibility yes <laughs> you know i tell everybody in my class this yeah. does not make you a shooter it just gets yeah. you in the door right 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 so it's you, a learner's i look at it as a learner's permit absolutely really- yes so then the so then now another part of that is there are trainers out there but there's i guess levels of training right so i think the the um the NRA has an instructor's instructor's course. That's correct. Yeah. Um, and, and they have specific guidelines yep. of what they were doing. And then as Jeremy was saying, uh, what were you saying about Florida, that Florida doesn't have any specific uh, trading guidelines or they're, they're relying on NRA? Huh? They do not have a curriculum. What they okay. say is must be an NRA instructor, LE instructor, mm-hmm. uh, a few things like that. Mm-hmm. And then what they must do in front of the instructor. But as far as the other stuff, mm-hmm. the instructor is not required to really do much. Mm-hmm. And so if the guy doesn't really know what he's talking about, you take a class. What, the class I took, mm-hmm. I took it a long time ago when I was in the Navy. Mm-hmm. We literally sat in a room and the instructor read the statutes to us. Yeah, right. And, I'm, and, I, and then I'm raising my hand every statute. I'm, I don't understand this term, or I don't understand what you're talking about. He goes, well, you'll just have to figure it out. Well, that's not why I paid you this money. I want to mm-hmm. learn about why why I do this, why to do that. Mm-hmm. How do I carry? I, I didn't even know I could keep. I thought I was still thinking it was the three-step law. Had a guy today tell me, oh, I have to do the three-step law when I carry. Okay, that doesn't exist. That is a myth. Yeah, that can you diff- can you um, like uh, elaborate on the what you're talking about, the three-step so what 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 the what the myth is that you mm-hmm. must have three steps to get to your farm to use it for self defense. One step oh. is loading the gun. Right. Another step storage, is storage. Yeah. The glove compartment. Mm-hmm. Another step is pulling the gun out. Right. That's all garbage. And mm-hmm. the statute specifically says the gun will be in a container or cased. Case being a zippered case, a locked or a gun case, a glove compartment, center console. Just says container though. It doesn't specifically define those terms. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't say locked or unlocked. It doesn't say loaded or unloaded. So you can take mm-hmm. your handgun, load it, stick it in your glove compartment. That's legal. Mm-hmm. They didn't teach us that in the class. They didn't teach us any of that. He read the statute verbatim, and I'm confused because I don't know what – why does that container – what the heck does that mean? He didn't even elaborate on it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. When you get somebody like Jeremy's class, he's going to explain that to you so you comprehend what's going on. Mm-hmm. You're not like – what. What kind of container? Does it have to be locked? Does it have to be loaded? You know, you already know. He's already explained it to you in detail. You're educated by it. 
Yeah. Hey, Bob. Yeah. Go ahead, Jeremy. And, and then, you know, then you have the, the, the aspect of defensive gun handling skills. And I, and I, and I think that's important. Now, should we get into, you know, intermediate or advanced defensive handgun handling skills in the concealed weapons class? Mm -hmm. No, we shouldn't. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I think as a responsible instructor, okay, if we're signing off saying that this individual is, you know, proficient, you know, with the firearm safely and stuff like that, that, you know, some of, some of those things on a, um, very, you know, minuscule level sh should be covered, you know, a very basic level should be covered. And, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, I've, I've seen it over and over again, you know, that, that stuff's not getting covered. It's, you know, uh, this is the law. Okay. And, um, all right, great. You know, let's go shoot that 22. You're good to go. And I, and I don't think that really prepares, um, your students. Okay for, um, you know, that violent encounter on the street. And, you know, every single class that I have, I ask the students, you know, why are you here? Why are you here? I, I have not one time had a student look at me and go, well, Jeremy, I'm here because I'm going to take this gun and I'm going to stick it in a drawer and never use it again. Mm -hmm. You know, typically what I get um, from my students is, is, you know, I want the concealed carry permit so I can lawfully carry a gun concealed in the state of Florida to protect myself and my family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think kind of what separates us apart as a company is that's what we're training them for. We're training them how to safely protect themselves and their families. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, the, the legal part of that, uh, you know, like we're talking to people all over the country. In some cases, we're talking to people outside of America, which, you know, my condolences to you. Uh, you know, you probably don't have a lot of firearms laws, depending on where you live. You know, uh, someone can let me know if there's uh, another country that has it uh, that's better. But definitely inside of America, there's lots of different places and different rules. Right. So that's one of that's one of the reasons why. The law side of it, of what you can do specifically where you live, is something you do need to think about. And then the instructors need to be aware of that and help, uh, you know, impart that to you. But you're, and then you're also responsible for keeping up with that because all that stuff is always in flux and changing. Right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So I think that's that's one of the reasons. Go ahead. email service when there's a change to Florida statutes. I receive the emails from them. Yeah. I remember from when I did this, there's a book, too. I'm not sure. Do you, uh, I'm sure Jeremy or, or Trey, you guys. Bigger. When do they upgrade that book? Because <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm talking about. The uh, Yeah. It, they, they upgrade the books essentially just about every year. Every year. Yeah. Yeah, so here you go. Hold on. Let me go full screen here. So there's this Florida gun law. So every state has something like this, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not sure about every state have something like this. Okay. That's actually an attorney that specifically does that does those books. Oh, that's okay. He does those books specifically, you know, and he updates them. So that's kind of like his thing is gun stuff. He represents gun people. Uh, I, buy, I I mean, that book's sitting next to my bed because every night I read it, and I'm sure my wife thinks it's funny, but I'm very up to speed on that stuff because once you start understanding the law, you start realizing. I've had people sit in class and go, God, I did something, and I could have gone to jail. I was like, yes, sir, you could have. 
Oh, yeah. Because anybody was right, but under the mm-hmm. law, mm-hmm. they're not right. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Jeremy. What were you going to say? There's a lot of good organizations out there that you can get involved with. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, uh, like, for instance, uh, U.S. Law Shield, I believe the NRA and, mm-hmm. and um, some other organizations – uh, uh, USCCA. Have, there's a lot of yeah, USCCA. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of good organizations out there that you can get involved with, and and typically for the price of a Netflix subscription, you know you could have that legal coverage mm-hmm. that that covers you, and you know they provide you with a lot of the a lot of the uh, law books. Uh, I know a lot of them provide you with a card. Mm-hmm. You can flip the card over. Call the number on the back of the card, and it directly, uh, con- you know, directly connects you there with an attorney, and you can ask an attorney for advice. Mm-hmm. I have U.S. Yeah. Law Shield, yeah, and so I have an account set up through that, and so what happens when I call the red number, which is the uh, I shot somebody number, they they have me in the system, they pull me up, and they know everything about me right then, and I'm talking immediately to an attorney, not a paralegal, not some dude on the phone, and then. When we hang up, he calls my wife and informs her of everything. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. she is already in the loop. So it's, you know, getting get insurance. I, I think I pay 10 or $12 a month for mm-hmm. that insurance. Yeah. I mean, you know, okay. you know law, law is difficult. Uh, understanding law can can be very very difficult. You know, if 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 you don't have a a, a background in it, an, an education type background, mm-hmm. um, you know, you have you have you know you have written law, the law, you have case law, mm-hmm. yep. and all of that can get very very confusing. And then you mix that with um, you know a, a violent encounter mm-hmm. and different witness statements and everything yeah. else that goes yeah. along. And with also, that. like the, the the cops don't know the law. Nope. <laughs> I mean, you know, when they show, you're in a pretty chaotic situation when that when these things happen. What's that? What's that, Trey? Yeah, you don't know. Mm-hmm. One of the cool things is when I was talking with the rep for that mm-hmm. is you can call the police and inform them that there's been you know a shooting, and then you call the attorney. The attorney will speak to the officer on scene when mm-hmm. you get there. I always thought that was pretty cool because I don't even have to interact with the officer. He's basically my attorney is instantaneously on the phone. Yeah, and they're talking to him like. All right, my client's not making a statement. My client's not doing this. He's not doing that. You know, and they go from there. So. Yeah, I would definitely recommend don't do a lot of talking. Although, you know, yeah. obviously, you know, be yeah. polite and, um, you know, and, and yeah, be non, polite, non resistive. On mine, my card that I have, we'll just say, and I can't get cell phone mm-hmm. service. I can't talk to him. Mm-hmm. On the card it says, I wish not to make a statement. I invoke my fourth, fifth, and sixth amendment, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So. It does protect me. Even if I'm not able to make a phone call, I might have to just pull my card out and go, here's my statement, officer, Yeah. so-and-so. And that's pretty much what a police officer is going to do if they get into a situation. And the reason for that is they have um, organizations, just like we're talking about, you know, in the case of being a police officer, especially, you know, union situations and all that, right? They have protections and lawyers and people who tell them, you get into something, don't say anything till you talk to your lawyer, etc. For you, um, you know, you're going to have to take some of this on yourself in order to do it because you're probably not in a union or anything like that. Yeah. You know, I know in, in, in law enforcement in Georgia, and I'm pretty sure that hasn't changed mm-hmm. in the area that I that I policed in Georgia. We didn't have a union, mm-hmm. but, you know. We had a service somewhat similar to what Law Show provides and some of the other ones provide. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, it's invaluable. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it, it really is. And I, I've got a buddy of mine and, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say his name. You know, he's a, he's a really great attorney in, in, in Orlando. And, um, you know, just to get in his cell phone, OK, to call him at two o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the afternoon. If, so, if something happens, you're looking at about seven thousand mm. dollars. That's a right. lot of money. Well, at least to me, it's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or twelve dollars a month. Yeah, exactly. If anyone's interested in this, I'm not trying to push anything on anyone, but we do have links in the description of this video for USCCA. Um, and we've had those guys on, but you know, whatever works for you, whatever you feel comfortable with, do some research, yeah, definitely think about it. Huh? Both of those are excellent, excellent services. Mm -hmm. I went with U.S. Law Shield. I liked a little bit more about what their stuff, but USCCA is just as good. They're both excellent services. Mm -hmm. I, I can't say anything bad about either one of them. So, yeah. you know, like everything, do your research um, and just make sure that they fit your criteria that you need. Yeah. Get some insurance, man. I'm telling you guys, it, if something happens, you'll, you'll, you'll be happy you had it. I promise you that. Yeah, things are so random. And and like before we get back into the conversation, oh, by the way, listen, if anyone's listening right now, smash the thumbs ups. We appreciate that. Um, the smash o the yeah. other day I had a gentleman um, came over uh, to the range while we were while we were doing some videos. And, um, you know, he was actually getting a gun transferred through us. You know, I'm, I'm an FFL. I don't know if anyone knows that, but, you know, oh, we, just, nice. yeah, we do some business from time to time. <laughs> uh, so anyway, this guy, he's, you know, he, he was uh, in law enforcement and all that kind of stuff. He's retired. Uh, he's done some training, but he was uh, so close to where I live. There's like a gas station and they have these kind of uh, flea market things going on out there. Right. And uh, he was out there talking to someone and the guy happened to be concealed carrying but the guy, I guess, was like moving his arms around and it's, you know, we're, we're in the country. Uh, I like to wear baggy T-shirts for this reason because I don't want to accidentally show off my gun to anyone. But, you know, some people, hey, they, they don't necessarily do that. And somehow his shirt went up and his gun got exposed for a second, right? At the same time, there was a uh, highway patrol was going by. So apparently the highway patrol guy just pulled in there. You know, and and just started going at, going at this guy because you know his wow. gun accidentally flashed, and everyone's trying to tell that that uh, that officer like, hey, you know, this guy didn't he didn't commit a crime. There's a statute for that. Yeah, he was actually trying to write him up and everything. You know, like oh, I'm yeah, gonna give the you a statute's ticket. Statute's the problem though. What's it the, says? So, mm -hmm. You may momentarily, in a non-aggressive or threatening manner, display your firearm. Mm -hmm. The problem is what. It's up to the officer to decide what momentary is. Oh. Yeah, officer discretion. So if oh. he goes one second or five minutes, it's up to his discretion. Okay. It sounds like he's being a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> so this so. is the thing. We'll see right here is the complication of the law, right? And, and just how complicated this can be and why typically it's something that you can't do yourself. <laughs> you know. I'd already be on the phone with an attorney with him trying to pull that because they'll try to pull your gun. Yeah. They also do very deceptive stuff. I've had a guy, now he was in the wrong, mm -hmm. but what they tried to do with him was, he goes, hey, I have to take my concealed weapons class over. Okay, what happened? I got in the line at the airport and realized while I was standing in line to fly that I had my Glock still in my bag. Mm -hmm. So I tried to get out of the line to go put my Glock back in my vehicle and then fly. They wouldn't let me out of the line, and then, of course, they made me go through the metal detector, and they determined that I had a gun after I was trying to leave. I said, well, once you're in the security checkpoint, once you pass the first booth, you're in a security checkpoint. You've already broken the law, technically. 
So he says, yeah, that's fine. They took me in the back. They took my gun, of course. They started talking with me. And what they tried to do was get me say that I did something, how did they put it, uh, dangerous, basically. But they didn't say the word dangerous. Mm. They said irresponsible or something along those lines. Mm. We're trying to get him to say it. He goes, no, I just forgot my gun was in my bag, and it was a legitimate mistake. Well, you sure it was a mistake? Are you sure you didn't do something dangerous? Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't say it. They were trying to trick him because if he says he did something dangerous, they'll snatch his permit for life. Mm. You know, just stuff like that. So the the case wound up going to court, and he had an attorney, and um, they dropped it down to a, some, a minor, very minor charge, and he had to retake the concealed weapons class, and that was the end of it. Yes. Which is what it should be. He didn't, he wasn't trying to hurt anybody. He just made a mistake, a, a valid mistake. Yeah. So. Sounds like he got off easy. When you go, when you're going to the airport, please double, triple check, <laughs> go through. I, oh, you, you, Mark laughs because when we're standing in line to fly to Shot Show, I'm still checking my pocket. Yeah, man, we're, par- we're usually bullet. paranoid Looking about this. Looking for that this, extra bullet that I forgot in my pocket, I always check. It's funny. Yeah. I actually have a backpack and pants that I fly specifically with. I don't even use for anything. Yeah, everything <laughs> going on that plane, you got to empty it out. Go ahead, Jeremy. No gun parts either, guys. Yeah. Just so you know, no gun parts on inside the plane has to be a check on. Yeah. Go ahead, Jeremy. And you know that it 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 that that's funny that Trey just said that because, you know, I work seven I work seven days a week, okay. And the the only thing that I do is train, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got gun shops that that sell my classes, so you know I'm I'm there several days a week. I'm at the range several days a week. You know, um, I'm I'm always working when it when it when it comes to the company and. You know, I work around firearms. I work around ammunition and stuff like that. There's mm-hmm. been multiple times where, you know, I've left ammunition in my pocket, you know, or something like that. And, you know, we're human. We're gonna we're gonna make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I was in a hurry for a class. We were going out in the middle of nowhere, Florida, and uh, you know, I was I was with my defensive pistol instructor. I was going. I think that it was two miles an hour more than what I should have been going over the speed limit. And I was pulled over mm-hmm. and, you know, I don't, I don't get pulled over very often because, well, I don't speed. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm typically a responsible citizen, I guess is the best way to say it. Right. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, if, if that's what you're claiming, fine. Okay. Two miles an hour over apparently uh-huh. what I should have been going. Right. Right. Um, I get pulled over and literally that morning, since we were running a little bit behind, I'm just throwing bags and throwing bags and throwing bags into the truck. You know, I've got, you know, uh, a couple thousand rounds of ammunition and, you know, who knows how many guns in the in, in the truck and bags and, and different places like that. And, you know, it, it, they're all encased and stuff. But, you know, I've got some in the back seat, some in the very back. And when the cop pulls me over, you know, he says, well, you know, do you have any guns in the vehicle? And, yeah, I've got a lot of them. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is where I'm going. And he's like, well, we're, you know, where, where are the guns at in the vehicle? And I'm thinking, oh, well, how am I going to answer this question? <laughs> you know, what was that? What was that? What was that, Trey? Yonder everywhere. They're, every, they're all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I've taken 300 guns to class before because okay. I had a big class and they had a bunch of handguns. Now, of course, I'm very responsible. I case them up. Then they're not loaded. And then when I get done with the class, I always bring them back home, put them directly in the safe. I don't go out shopping or anything. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I got a pile, but I make sure, and that's the only few times that you won't see me is beating. <laughs> I go definitely going under the speed limit. Yeah. yeah, I was definitely going two miles over the speed limit, what I should have been. So. Okay. All right. But did, did, uh, did it turn into a big thing or? 
You know, no, no, it didn't. It okay. didn't. Um, you know, he kept asking me where the class was. Of course, you know, I'm not from that area. So he mm-hmm. keeps at, well, is it over by this and over by that? And I'm like, Deputy Sheriff, you know, I, I'd love to answer that, but I'm not too totally sure. You know, I, I can give you the address. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, obviously I was very respectful because I, you know, I learned coming up through law enforcement, you know, mm-hmm. to you know, be respectful when you're talking to them mm-hmm. and be straight to the point. Mm-hmm. And I was straight to the point with him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he gave me a uh, verbal warning and that was enough for me. Mm-hmm. Verbal warning was enough for me. When I left the class, I didn't go two miles over what I was supposed to go. Mm-hmm. Better that I slowed down and, you know, went about my way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, OK, so let's see here. Uh, there's there's probably a bunch of things that people want to know. If, if you guys have questions, we can get into it. Um, here's the thing I want to ask from you guys, right? So we were talking about there's a lot of new gun owners coming online, right? Uh, recently, everything. I think we were kind of like in a Trump slump, you know, for a couple, for a little while there. And then yeah. uh, I think really, I don't want to say, I don't think it was a big slump, to be, to be honest with you. But we kind of had that. And then everything kind of kicked up, especially around this COVID-19 situation. Lots of new people buying guns. Um what are you guys seeing when it comes to people actually getting out to the range and training? Have you one? I want to know if that's transferred over. Are there more new people coming online and coming out to the ranges or getting training, or is it like the same old people? Oh no, there's definitely a lot of new people out there. Okay, okay. And the problem is, a lot of times they're not getting training; they're coming out on the range. Mm-hmm. And it, my first time shooting. So now it's become a policy for me when somebody comes up to check in, mm-hmm. how much shooting have you done? Mm-hmm. You know what the three rules are? Mm-hmm. Most shooters know what the three rules are. Mm-hmm. No non-shooter have no idea what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And so if they go, I don't even know what you're talking about, then I'm going to help them out. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm there. Oh, you don't? Oh, here, let me help you. Here's what they are. I'm going to show you. Mm-hmm. And then I help you out, make sure you're safe and everybody else online too while you're shooting is safe because... You know, I want you to enjoy yourself. You're not going to enjoy yourself if you're scared. So I had uh, 15 people come to Jack from Jacksonville down to shoot. And one group? Open. Nothing. COVID. Okay. And they all came down there, and they had no idea what they were doing. One dude come down there, didn't even have sights on his gun. Okay. Shows up there, and he pulls Rifle? his gun out. And I, you ain't got no sights, bro. Oh, okay. Because I see that. <laughs> That's how big was. It happens. It happens. Yeah. So I yeah. grabbed an I grabbed an EOTech or whatever I had, a hollow sun, grabbed it out of the container, threw it on there, I go, all right, you got something to shoot. We'll zero it. I helped him zero it and he did some shooting and then he gave it back to me and I don't know yeah. if he ever got anything. Um but yeah. you know as bad as I, that sounds, it happens. As bad as it yeah. sounds, it happens. People don't have sights. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna say who, but I've seen some people in law enforcement yeah. That don't have sights on their ARs. <laughs> One guy had his rear sight down because he didn't want to use it because it was too hard to use the front and rear sight. It was easier just to use the front sight. Okay. <laughs> you know, okay. you're laughing, but it's true. <laughs> so this story, and, mm-hmm. and you know, there again, this goes back to originally when you asked me mm-hmm. about me and Trey meeting. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and and. That story right there will, you know, that's why Aries will always be my home range. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when, when people come out there, when new shooters come out there, mm-hmm. okay, instead of us discouraging them, mm-hmm. instead of us saying, hey, you don't know what you're doing, 
You know, you need to get off the firing line. Mm -hmm. Instead of that, what we do is, is we encourage them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, We help them. Um, I've seen Trey on the firing line. Okay. Um, Essentially going through a class with a new shooter. Mm -hmm. Okay. To make sure that that person, you know, has a very safe, but fun time out there. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, think about the story just told. He went and got an EOTech. You know, and put an EOTech on this guy's rifle yeah. so this guy could yeah. enjoy the rifle safely. Right. I would never, I would never give him that EOTech back. I'm only coming to <laughs> to Aries. I'm taking optics off my guns oh, I before had, I come there. <laughs> oh, oh, now we get the details. But yeah, that's true. I mean, look, if you don't know Trey and you see him out there and he's all geared up or whatever, you might think, okay, this guy's a little bit scary and intimidating. But he's he is a, he is a really uh, nice person, you know. He's a good ambassador for the Second Amendment, I think, um, as a range owner. Because uh, trust me, I've I remember one time I went to a range. I was doing an event at a range uh, somewhere in Orlando, and there were like ten uh, RSOs for each one of us that were doing something, and I was getting like five to ten different instructions from everyone. I was like, you know what, guys, I'm not gonna do anything. Me personally, because, you know, you, you're all crazy, right? So I think that, you know, that we need to have a balance with this. Of course, you need to be safe, but, you know, there should be a balance. And we have to realize that everyone doesn't know about this. Even the people who you would think should know about this and should understand it don't know about it. And everyone starts at zero and, you know, you have to bring them, you have to bring them up. And sometimes if we approach people the wrong way, we turn them off of this forever, and that could be tragic if they don't, you know, if we don't help them to learn the right things, right? Yeah, that, yeah, you said that, that was well said. Yeah. And that's a hundred percent fact right there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, I've had, I've had a lot of students that have come back, that, that have came out recently to train and they've had bad experiences at other places. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they're already, they're already nervous. And look, all of us guys hate the word scared. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. But a lot of these people, when they come out for the first time to shoot, they've never shot before, whether they're, you know, a 11 year old female or, you know, a 30 year old male, it, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of them are, are scared when they first come out to shoot for the first time. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's the time that we need to, you know, encourage the shooting sports and, you know, um, we need to understand how they're feeling and, you know, help them, mm-hmm. you know, help. Yeah. That's my opinion. Yeah, very important. Let me get this comment in. You guys can call Joseph uh, Monteith, I'm going to say, if I'm pronouncing his name right. He said, bought my first pistol in March, and I've been at Aries every weekend since then. Boom. There you go. I don't know if both of you guys know that. Huh? I believe it. Yeah. It's the place to be in Central Florida if you want to go shoot, Aries Training Facility. Yeah. So um, let's see here. Okay, my the other part of the question. So you guys are definitely getting more people, more new people, coming into the thing. What does the demographics look like? Can you guys tell me that? Is it just you it's know across the board? Okay, because the media is saying it's just some old white guys. No, it's across the board. I've had anything from old women liberals to mm-hmm. black Asian. I mean, it's across the board, man. I mean, mm-hmm. 
I, you know, you know, I am Hank. I'll teach anybody. I don't mm-hmm. care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and and we're the same way. I mean, if you if you go to my if you go to my Facebook page or my Facebook page, my Instagram page, mm-hmm. if you go to my website <laughs> through pictures, you can you can go through and 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 you know you can see. Listen, there was a huge mix of people coming out and and training with my company before. Mm-hmm you know, COVID before everything that's going on now. And, you know, the, the bottom line is, is Hank, no law has ever prevented a crime. Okay. Mm -hmm. That that's one of my sayings. And I, and I, and I, and I believe it wholeheartedly 110%. And, Mm -hmm. you know, um, everyone has a right Mm -hmm. to defend themselves and their family. It's a, it's a right. Mm -hmm. It is a right. And, you know, and then we, we've kind of stuck with that, the same mindset of we don't care what you shoot as long as it's safe. So the high point, as an example, you know, I used to be that guy. High point, high point was a boat anchor. High point was a boat anchor. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then my mindset changed when I had a guy out there shooting a high point. It did really well. And we got talking. I go, why did you choose the high point? He goes, well, I'm a single dad. Mm-hmm. I don't got no money. Yeah. Yep. I, got, I had $125 and I got a high point. Okay, that makes sense. The dude can't afford a $500 gun. It's a lot of money to commit, mm-hmm. especially when you have uh, you know, family you're trying to take care of. Yeah. So, you know, that became my mindset from then on out. The only ones that I will say, you know, some of them are dangerous. There's some complicated guns out there. The Phoenix 22 pistol has two safeties. It's a very complicated gun to work. I have new people show up with that gun. I'm like, why'd you get that gun? The Phoenix it was 22? Cheap. Hold on, I gotta look this yeah. up. Right. It was cheap. I go, yeah, it was cheap because it's complicated. Who makes and the Phoenix? Phoenix, Phoenix? Phoenix Arms, I That's guess. That's the name of the company? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I never heard... What, did you, did, who else has heard of Phoenix and a 22? Because I've never heard of it before. And so they come out and... It took them, they, they've been over there for 15 minutes just trying to get it to shoot. Hmm. And I walk over, I flip the other safety off and shoot it. He goes, how'd you do that? Is it a, okay. is it a metal looking gun? Yeah, yeah, post it here. Let me see if I yeah, can Yeah, I, f- I found something. I just want to make sure that this is Phoenix it. Phoenix Arms. Uh, okay, Maybe, Phoenix Arms HP-22A. Sound familiar? It sounds, but I just go, it's the Phoenix piece of crap 22 pistol. Oh, okay. And this has yeah, two safety. Oh, that be it. That's the one. Oh. Phoenix Arms HP 22A. Oh, okay. I've it's never. I've never. Because it's complicated. Okay. I, you know, not only it cheap, it's cheaply made, and it's mm-hmm. complicated because it has dual. It has two safeties, one on the rear sight and one on the bottom. Hmm. Or actually, it's not on the bottom. It's on the sl- near the slide release. It's extremely so cheap, complicated. What, what's uh, when you say cheap? What's the what's the price of those on average? Do you know? I think they're like a hundred bucks or more, 100. right around there. Okay, okay. But they're twenty-two. Okay. I'd rather just get a high point in forty-five. Yeah. Well, so um, here's the thing. Like I, me personally, if I found like a particular gun, every single one I came across was terrible, or a lot of them were terrible. I would say that. Uh, here's what I find about the high point. It works. It works. It works. So, I mean, I y'all. It's not very I'm, good looking. <laughs> I'm sold on. Them. I'm gonna buy one. It works. It shoots. Yeah. You know, um, bottom line at the end of the day, you know, as a consumer, you're going to get what you can afford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and we, you know, buy a Lamborghini. Sorry. Yeah. And we should not be discouraging people. No. In the Second Amendment community, we shouldn't. We should be encouraging people. And you know, I think there's a big disconnect between instructors. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
in gun shops. Mm -hmm. You know, yes. I, I, I really mm -hmm. do. And, um, you know, one of the things that I, that I try to do with, with my company, when I'm networking with the gun shops and, and, and things like that, I try to take that disconnect and reconnect it. Mm -hmm. I've seen some pretty crazy things. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had uh, 60, 70 year old women with carpal tunnel. Okay. 1911. Yeah. Come out with a full size, you know, mm -hmm. you know, 45. I'm like, well, okay. Um, this is what you have now. So, you know, um, th there's a disconnect, Hank. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. And there's things that we could do. I think the, the, the theme of what you guys are saying is talking to people. And there's things that we could do if we talk to people. So, you know, yes, if you can afford a high point, that's something you find. That's good. In today's world, in today's world that we're talking here, things are very competitive. That's This is why high points even uh, coming out with another generation of that gun, right? But there's lots of companies that are making affordable guns that you can get into a gun for less than 300 bucks. So 200 250 uh-huh. Yeah. IWI. IWIs. Yeah, IWI. IWI came out with that 400 bucks. Yeah. I was actually thoroughly impressed. And I like SIG, but mm -hmm. I like any gun that goes bang. Mm -hmm. And I am I was impressed with that gun. I bought it when it first came out at 400 bucks. I said, you know what? I'll throw it in my class, see what happens. Mm -hmm. It's a great gun for $400. It's superb. Yeah. And it depends depends on the range because I get this kind of question all the time. Like, oh, what should I buy? And I always tell people, like, what can you afford? And then, yep. you know, if you're if what you can afford is 200 bucks, then you're probably in the category of um, like a high point or something like that. If you could afford three or yeah, or three. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, there's sky pistols. There's a lot of different things. Yep. Also, there's this thing called used. <laughs> yep, yeah. Yep. When I first started this, because, you know, I think it's just a thing, right? Some people just have a thing. When I first started this gun thing, I thought you had to buy guns new. Otherwise, like used guns, there was something wrong with them. I buy used almost all the time. I just bought a, a Hellcat used. Yeah, well, see, so this is what I found out, that, first of all, most people will buy a gun and put, like, 20 rounds through it and then sell it, and that's considered used. Yes. That's yeah. a fact. That's yeah. a fact. So buy used if you can get a good if it's a better price, get used because it's probably not been they did they probably didn't put ten thousand rounds through it. Mark had a uh, Smith and Wesson model twenty nine eight inch barrel, the Dirty Harry forty four Magnum. Mm -hmm. It was the fifty year anniversary mm -hmm. forty four Magnum in the store. Mm -hmm. And I said, Oh man, that's a gorgeous gun. I love to have that. Yeah. I don't want to buy it because it's it I thought it was new. It's probably new and I don't mm -hmm. want I'll shoot it. He goes, no, it's been shot. Oh, I'll take that. I bought it. Why wouldn't I? It was in gorgeous shape. Guy shot it like 50 times. Yeah. Um, okay, what is this? SoCal Gunner wants to know, is the Taurus G2C any good? The Taurus G2C. Have I, have I shot uh, that? Okay, so the G2C, again, you're back into that cheaper range of gun. Mm -hmm. It'll fire and it'll cycle. It'll do its job. The trigger is really sloppy on that gun. Um, but you know what? For self-defense... You got two, two hundred bucks, and you—that's all you can buy. Honestly, I—I've been sold on the high point. As weird as that sounds, yeah, I, I don't think I've never shot the G two C. Get a sky also that I like. So, you know, I—I have, you know, I have very limited experience with mm -hmm. with uh, G two C. But I will say this: I can say this about that particular firearm. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, obviously, with everything going on, I've had a lot of students come out with that firearm. Oh, you have? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's 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 popular and. Um, you know, I've had a lot of students come out with it. Um, I haven't seen it, you know, 
really have a lot of issues out there on the range. Okay. Yeah, they don't have a lot of issues. The trigger is just yeah. It's really long. It's probably one of the longest semi-automatic yeah. triggers. So I've okay, ever seen so just for before. just for a second here, the whole trigger thing that's all depends on where you're at. Like some people like a longer trigger pull. Yep. Some people like whatever yeah. comes with the guns. Some dudes yep. got to change every trigger on every gun, no matter how. You know. <laughs> they completely rebuild the gun. Yeah, I've had friends that buy. So even let's let's talk about rifles. I've had friends that buy a rifle that comes with a Geisley trigger and they still change it and put yeah. another trigger, yeah. which makes no sense to me. I never so. change the trigger. I'm one of those guys. Yeah, if if that's something I'm going to carry, I typically don't change the trigger. Yeah. Um, and then the it other just how the gun performs. Yeah, absolutely. But there really are a lot of different guns out there. There's a lot of companies now making guns that you can you can get a decent gun for two, three, four hundred bucks. You know, and definitely you can do that if you're looking in the used category. I don't know about right now at this point, just because I guess everyone's like buying every single gun that exists. Yeah, and I I can speak on that a little mm-hmm. bit because I have a little bit of experience with that over the last two days, mm-hmm. being at the different gun shops. Okay. Yeah, how's the, the stores looking? Are huh? They're empty. They're the empty. shelves are empty. <laughs> okay. They're empty. You know, yeah. if you're one of those people that are that are uh, wanting to go purchase a firearm right now mm-hmm. okay if you see it and you want it better buy it don't walk away from it you better buy it because if you walk away from it it's, it's gone it's probably gonna be gone yeah, i'll give you i'll give you a good example i'm not gonna name the gun shop mm-hmm. but they had um eight shadow systems okay um shadow like the cz shadow no, 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 no. This is Shadow another company. It's a it's similar to a block tank, but Shadow. a little bit high end. Oh, Shadow it, Systems? It's my, it's my new thing. Absolutely love them. But they Shadow had eight System. of them. Oh, my God. You guys and are I'm making like, me search a lot of guns today. Shadow Systems. Well, if, if you get an opportunity, Hank, to, to, to shoot one of those, 110% oh. definitely recommend it. You'll love yeah, it. Yeah, they're really nice. They shoot really well, Hank. Okay, the MR2. These are like $1,000. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. Okay. Shadow systems. They look good. Looks basically a Glock. Awesome gun. Yeah. But they're bull pups. I'm joking. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was just gonna say this doesn't look like a this doesn't look like a bull pup to me, Trey. This there's so I bring it, out of stock. They yeah. out of stock. Yeah. I, I bring I bring it up. I bring this I bring the shadows up because mm-hmm. there were there were eight of them. There was eight. Okay. Okay. Of these thousand plus dollar guns. Yes. Mm-hmm. And within two days, within two days. Zero. Mm. And Jeremy bought four of them. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Lake County Arms today. We had a Glock 19 come in, used Gen 5. Oh, that was gold. That and was guy, gold. We set it down. A guy goes, can I see that? It was the first time he'd shot before, but never really had a gun. Uh-huh. Sure. So he's looking at it. He goes, what do you think? I go, I think if you want that gun, you better buy it now because I'll sell it in the next 10 minutes. Mm. And so he's like, well, let me talk to my wife. So he walks out, leaves it on the counter. And I put it back, and sure enough, guy walks in. Hey, you got a G19? Another guy? A different guy? Yeah. <laughs> and I sold it, and the guy comes back in, and he goes, well, tell me some more about the gun. I'll tell you all you want to know about it, but it's gone. Mm. Are you serious? Yeah, it's gone. I told you to buy it, and you took off, so mm. we sold it. <laughs> and I'll sell you another gun. Yeah. Sorry. This is probably a good time to sell guns if you sell guns, and now I'm sure everyone out there will be like, yeah, I don't sell any of my guns. Rid of right now is yeah. a good time. Yeah. I, and I'll tell you guys, for all the people who say they don't sell guns, I understand. I completely get that. I do sell I guns. I don't sell though. guns. You don't sell guns? 
Okay. No. Um. What I'll, occasionally, if I buy a gun I really wanted it, I mm. want it for my class. Now, occasionally, what I'll do is I'll have a class gun that got discontinued, mm-hmm. and so for me, it's worthless because no one wants to shoot it because it doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'll take that gun, I'll sell it, and buy a, a gun that's actually on mm-hmm. the market. Yeah. Like right now, I have an LC9. The LC9 has been discontinued, it, uh, but I want an easy nine, so I'll take the LC9 down the store. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's in good shape mm-hmm. and sell it. Mm-hmm. And then I'll buy an E C nine because those are what are on the market right now. And I always try to keep guns in stock that are actually available, mm-hmm. not something that's been discontinued. And the L C nine has no special meaning, you know, for me. So I don't really care. Yeah. You know what I've seen a lot of people, Hank. I've seen a lot of people asking for over the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. They would walk in. Do you have a twelve gauge shotgun? Okay. Twelve gauge pump shotgun. Wow. A lot of them would, would come in and say 12-gauge plastic pump shotgun. <laughs> Some would come in and say, you know, 12-gauge shorter barrel shotgun. Oh, these uh, are the Biden, this the Biden crowd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you were, you were saying about the shotguns. We're listening. Yeah. So it was every – just so many people, and they're, they're asking for shotguns. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you have a shotgun right now, mm-hmm. oh, I got plenty of shotguns. It's worth a brick of gold, probably. Really? Because every, every, really? Everybody okay. wants a shotgun. Oh yeah. They're, they're asking. I was in there for two hours, and I could have. And, and people walk in shotgun, shotgun, really? shotgun. Really? Shotgun. We have yeah, no right. shotguns in the store, but one. And it's like yeah. a single. Oh, shot so is this because we have the riots going on right now, and everyone thinks Home shotguns defense. are the I way to deal with it? Well, well, think about it. Home defense. What are you going to do? Go yeah. Grab your handgun or your shotgun? Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. And that's a no-brainer right there. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to grab a shotgun. Yeah. I was just oh. thinking, I don't think I have any shotguns I would sell. I'm keeping my shotguns. I got I got a bullpup shotgun that came in, Hank, if you want one. Which bullpup shotgun is I it? I got to remember. It's one of those Turkish ones. Mm, no. Nah. Oh, speaking of, no, speaking of it. So, <laughs> Trey, I got to put my hands on one of the IWI shotguns today. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's I want one really bad, but I obviously I it, can't get uh, one. So apparently, IWI, if you're listening, give me a shotgun. Mm-hmm. So this shotgun was pretty cool, so and it sold like that, okay. But a, a, apparently, it, it you know down where the where the where the uh, tube is where you would put the shotgun. This shells. is the Tav twelve, I think you're talking about. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, yes. you twist it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was really neat. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's something that see. So for me, I I sell guns typically so I could buy other guns. This is what that I makes did. sense. Yeah, I mean, because, yeah. you know, I've got to keep the guns flowing in and out of here, you know. But, um, yeah, I would like to get my hands on that. I would like to get my hands on a Tav 12 right now. So, um, yeah. Well, you know, if I, if I would have known that earlier today, I, you know, you, you pr- probably could have got your hands on it. It went fast. Yeah, it, I believe it. I'm buying one. I want one, but I'm not stupid. I got plenty of shotguns. Yeah. So I would show you them all, but obviously Skype – doesn't let me. Yeah. Well. But, well. Uh, YouTube. YouTube. We're not allowed YouTube to. Sh- yeah. We're not. We, we're not allowed to handle. But, uh, I want guns one pretty bad. Live. Pretty sexy. Also, yeah. I do have access to the AK shotgun. Uh, they came out and it looks just like an AK, Hank. It's really cool looking. I'll the AK shotgun, like a Saiga or something like that. Or no, it's not it? a Saiga though. Okay. It's another company. Um, hmm. and but it's got all wood, just like an AK. It looks like an old original AK. It's really, really? neat looking. And okay. you, what's the name? I'll have I'll have all the information tomorrow on it, and I'll send you the info if you're interested in yeah. one. Hey, uh, Len Holt says I'm being a bullpup snob. No, I just wanted to. So for yes. so for example, um, <laughs> if it's a pump, if it's a pump, uh, if it's a pump shotgun for that's Turkish, 
I'm okay with that. If a semi-auto, uh, the, the Turkish semi-auto shotguns, I don't think work so great. And I've tried out some of the bullpup uh, thing. Is it, was it a semi-auto? Was it magazine-fed? It's both. I have both of them. Yeah. And it is magazine-fed. Yeah. Pumping a semi-auto. Yeah. Apparently, yeah, I have I, my hands on a bunch of shotguns. If anybody's looking for shotguns. Actually, she, I have my hands on a bunch of pistols now, too. Okay. If anybody wants a two two six Legion Black... They they were rare. They only yeah. made like two hundred of them. I yeah. have access to two of them. Yeah. By the way, so you gotta hit up you gotta hit up Trey separately. We don't actually sell anything yep. here on the We're not doing any gun Just sales. This is because the Trey, store. There's people, the store people sale. watching and listening to us. Trey. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta go to the store. I, I, I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear <laughs> anything. Sorry. But you know, on the you know, they're, they're all commenting the on <laughs> they're commenting on the bull pups apparently. Yeah. I don't I don't see the comments. Because bull pups you know, are awesome. <laughs> Bullpups. Thank you, Mr. You know, Bullpup. Hey, did you ever shoot that other bullpup shotgun? Oh, the the uh, the old school one I got from you? No, I yeah. got, no. I got, <laughs> Why not? I figured you just shot that thing this immediately. Been crazy, man. I bought that thing from you and we went into chaos. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's been, it's been, Go ahead, Jeremy. It's, me yeah. Uh, what was it, Jeremy? The, the the one thing that, that I'll say about the bullpup, and, and I'm speaking of rifles now, mm-hmm. the rifle variants, mm-hmm. the, the one complaint that I have is when you suppress them, the, the gas tends to blow back in my face, and you know my okay. eyes get all burny and teary, and I, it's just not yeah. comfortable. Well, okay, so for that case, if you're so you're talking about bullpup rifles uh, when yeah. they're suppressed, um, yeah. I would say take a look. I mean, there's there's things for that, right? There's some different things oh, you yeah. can do. But the uh, Celtic RDB, which is downward ejecting. Um, because it's downward ejecting, it's pretty good with the gases there. So if you suppress it, um, the gases, because everything, so, you know, in the RDB, everything goes up. So the shell casing, all of that goes up, back, and then down, right, basically to your feet. So all those gases will go the same way. You wind up getting less uh, gas. The only issues you have is you, it doesn't really like GI mags from my experience, but if you're using P mags or something like that, you're good to go. Um, so that if, if, if you're worried GI about mags? that, huh? I said, are we all are we still using GI mags? No, not everyone, but some of us have a lot of those, Jeremy. Yeah, I, <laughs> I have GI mags. Yeah, some of us have a lot of those. We know, we know Trey has GI mags. Yeah. bag, Hank. Is that okay? Yes, you can. Yes, bag. but you know, young whippersnappers like Jeremy who doesn't use <laughs> GI mags, whatever. Uh, SoCal Gunner gave us five bucks. He says Cali has a huge shortage of handguns. My local gun shop had some uh, FMK AG1 lowers, uses Glock 19 parts, so I piece my own Gucci Glock. I'll text you a pic. Okay, and also people are people are sending me uh, pics. Let's see, who was this that was sending me? There it is right there. Oh, hold on oh, a second. Let's see. That's a Duramag. Yep. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with GI mags, but yeah, they don't work in every scenario. So, no, I, I'm running several Duramags in my uh, yeah. my PDX, my Maximum Defense PDX. Yeah. So here, let me see. I'll just run this in because Edward Andrews is sending me a bunch of pictures of his guns that he wants to show off. So I'm just gonna scroll through this. <laughs> he's Great. got he's got the uh, Taurus G2C. He says good to go. Twelve plus one nine millimeter. There no you problems go. whatsoever, you. son. He's got the green one. It looks cool. I like the color. So there you go. Uh, shout out to him, Edward Andrews they're, out there. They're good looking guns. They're lo- they're good looking guns. And like I said before, you know I get, I get a lot of students, mm-hmm. you know, and 
I've I've never had a student with with an issue on the range with one. I, I really haven't. Yeah, isn't it? Um, who is it that's making? Was it Taurus that made that twenty two, the TX twenty two or something? Is that a Taurus also? I believe so, but yeah. I don't remember. That was actually. I think that I think there was Taurus that was making that. I did shoot that, and that was actually pretty hey, good. Did you see the Rock Island twenty two Magnum? No. Mm-mm. Look it up. It is sweet. Okay. Yeah, yeah it almost looks like a little 1911. It almost, yeah, it's pretty cool actually. Okay, I've got to, I've got to check into that. Uh, let's see what else we got going on here. Um, okay, let's see what else. Okay, so to get back, somehow we got off into talking about a ton, of, ton of different guns, which is nothing, <laughs> nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, we and and then also you guys are saying that across the board you're seeing lots of different kinds of people coming in for training and stuff like that. Uh, what's been happening in the, I guess we've had these riots now for maybe the last three, four days. How's that affected what's going on here with training and 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 the range? Has it affected it at all? No, it hasn't affected anything at all. I mean, more training. Ammo, mm-hmm. obviously, is still, you know, gold, mm-hmm. so that's hard to get. Um, but... Uh, no, hadn't affected us at all. And, mm-hmm. you know, besides people coming out, I, I like seeing the diverse group of people that come out the train now that want to learn how to defend themselves. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of enjoy it. And, uh, nope, hadn't affected us. We're far enough away from it. Now, my cousin's downtown. He lives downtown. So he's been sending me pictures of everything going on. But mm-hmm. other than that, we're, we're fine. So your downtown's had um, some, some protests? No, Orlando. 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 Oh, okay. When you say downtown, you mean Orlando. Sorry, I should have been more specific. Oh. Yeah, Orlando. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think there was still problems around the country last night in different places. I know there were some problems in New York. What do you guys think about all of this? What's uh, your take on everything that's going on here? I'm sure you guys have some opinions. What's my take? My yeah, let's take get Trace first. Let's see what's good. I'm protecting my family, and I'm continue my business and doing my livelihood mm-hmm. um i hate to say it as bluntly as that but uh you know i well i don't think there's anything wrong with that i mean that's what you're supposed to do when you you know as a yeah. man that's what you're supposed to do every day yeah. um you know you know we got a plan of action in case something happens right. and that's pretty standard for hurricanes tornadoes mm-hmm. riots covid i mean mm-hmm. you always have a plan of action so mm-hmm. You know, I merely enacted the plan of action to get it in place, but mm-hmm. I we haven't seen anything, and I'm I'm quite happy with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just want to make sure my kids are safe yeah. and uh, educated, and they they grow up and do what they do. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good, Jeremy. Yeah, Jeremy, what do you, what's your take on everything? You know, I, I I'm gonna have to agree with Trey on on some of what he said. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the whole situation all the way around is sad. Mm-hmm. You know, it 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 breaks my heart. And, you know, what I'm focused on right now is I'm focused on my students and, you know, the, the, the level of training that I'm providing my students that are coming out there. And that's that's really what I'm focused on mm-hmm. that. And, you know, trying to find, you know, supply chains to help assist my students. You know, we're on a shortage of ammunition again and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, but, um, so ammunition is yeah. still a big um, issue for you guys. You haven't seen that ease up at all. Mm, yes and no. Um, mm-hmm. ammunition is not a, as much of a problem for me mm-hmm. and I 
try to make sure the instructors get ammo. I, I actually make sure they're taken care of, mm -hmm. and then I pass it on to people. I mean, is it tight? Yeah, absolutely. Is it non-existent? No. But the guys that have weird calibers and stuff start, start seeing why now having a weird caliber is probably not a good idea. So they're not getting they they get deprioritized due to uh, manufacturing because the manufacturer is going to prioritize what is going to sell and that is nine millimeter and five five six. Okay. So, yeah, I I think the stores are pretty empty when it comes to nine millimeter and five five six. I don't the, the stores that I were that that I was at today mm -hmm. they didn't have any. Except for hollow points. They got plenty of hollow points. Uh, so that, so what about the high-end ammo? Even the high-end ammo is uh, selling out in the stores? Because usually nah, you find well, the higher-end stuff, but the range stuff obviously sells first. In the stores, in the stores that I was in today, Hank, mm -hmm. th there there was no – there was nothing – 9mm, uh, 380, 5.56, and 12-gauge, uh, buckshot and slugs. Mm -hmm. It was non-existent. Wow! But that—that that was where I was at. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, Trey might have had a different experience. I had some one shot at my house. <laughs> <laughs> how much? Okay, <laughs> exactly. How much buckshot uh, do you have? Five hundred pounds of buckshot <laughs> in my closet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So come on over. Give it to you. <laughs> Um, um, I don't know. I don't know. That sounds like a trap. That sounds like a trap. It's sporadic. <laughs> I'm a rifle guy. I'm a rifle. Yeah, I'm a yeah, rifle. I'm a rifle guy too. I like 300 blackout though. Yeah. It's sporadic. I mean, it's tight. What's really the the problem is that the ammo itself. The problem is the components. Mm -hmm. So whereas the ammo manufacturers are getting, they can get brass all day. They can get primers and slugs. They're mm -hmm. having problems getting powder, or they're having problems getting slugs. They can't get one or the other. Mm -hmm. So there's a dip in the supply chain. Honestly, we're at we're we're not too bad right now. Mm -hmm. Give it about two or three months. If things we're, continue we're, like things, this, if things continue, well, not like the continuation. It. It's the lag, and now all the ammo is gone, and then it's got to catch back up. Mm -hmm. So it'll be it'll be really dry in about two or three months, and then it'll come back again. Obviously, mm -hmm. when everything kinds of yeah stable this. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Okay, I'm trying to get to uh, questions that everyone has in here. I can't look at anybody's questions, so if you sent me You're a... You're not seeing anything? Sorry, okay, I, I think uh, David Joseph Montieth wanted to know what would we... What would you guys recommend for the first AR-15 style rifle? Um, and then also to, to uh, so SoCal out there, I know you tried to send me a picture. I haven't gotten it. My phone is messing up right now. That's why I haven't shown it. So first AR, what do what do you all recommend? First AR, whatever you can find, right now, <laughs> whatever you can get your hands that you on. Could that you could afford. That you could afford. Don't yeah. don't yeah. go into debt to get an AR or overpay. Yeah. Or now we'll talk normal ARs. We'll say that it's not as crazy as it normally is. I tell everybody, got buy a baseline AR. Yeah, because you don't simple. know anything about. Mm -hmm. It's like going. I'm gonna go buy a car. Mm -hmm. Okay, well that's pretty broad. I'm going to go buy a high-end Ferrari car. No, no, no. You need to start out with a lower-grade car and kind of work your way up to the big car. Mm -hmm. So what I tell people is go out and buy a $500, $600 AR. Mm -hmm. Or what are you doing with it? That's a lot of times I ask that too. Go buy a $500, $600 AR, throw you a decent sight on there, play around with it, and then mm -hmm. go, okay, I really like this. Now I'm going to put a different pistol grip on it. I'm going to change the stock out because now I've done research and I know what works best for me. What works for me is not what's going to work for Jeremy. Mm -hmm. And as you blow through whatever you like, then you can upgrade. I mean, I started out with a $600 AR, and now I have a $3,000 AR. 
You know, I didn't go out and just spend three grand on something. I, I bought a cheaper one, played around with it a little bit, understood, okay, I don't like direct impingement. I like gas piston. I don't like this. I like this. Mm -hmm. I don't like this caliber. I like this. Mm -hmm. You know, and I went from there. I like AMB safeties. So I'm, I, I, that's something you can drop in. Things like that. Mm -hmm. Take the time and find. Because, you know, sites don't always work for everybody either. So you might go, Jeremy and me, I'm going to get a site that I can go underwater and jump out of a helicopter with. Mm -hmm. The average guy, he ain't doing that. Go buy a site mark. Yeah. Uh, by like the way, that. iron sights are waterproof. You can go underwater with iron sights. Iron sights are waterproof for water with <laughs> iron. Nobody knows how to use iron sights. <laughs> um, okay. Well, all right. Well, Me, that could be remedied. Jeremy. I don't know Jeremy. Then that could be remedied. I would, always suggest, <laughs> I would always suggest, to, if you're starting, start off with iron sights. I mean, you know, yep. nothing wrong with red you dots. Shoot iron, like you can throw on a sight and be jamming. You can't shoot. If you start out with a sight and you throw on irons, you're just trying to figure out how to even 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 sight in the irons. I, you know, it's funny. I got guys come out there with sights and they go, "I want to co-witness my sights with my red dot." Mm -hmm. He didn't even know how to zero his red dot, and I have to help him zero his sights. Mm -hmm. Anybody's listening, I'm gonna start charging for zeroing your gun because I do it every day, like nine or ten times. I'm zero helping people zero their guns. Mm -hmm. Does constantly. I constantly see him zeroing guns. Mm -hmm. And you know, first AR, keep it simple. Mm -hmm. That's my advice. Keep, keep keep it, it simple. simple. Mm -hmm. Okay, you can always add later. Mm -hmm. Two lights. Right. Um, and, and guys, guys, remember, you know, you, you need a solid foundation. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, anything worth anything in life, whether it's a, a great relationship or the most beautiful building built, if it doesn't have a solid foundation, it crumbles, right? Okay, so start that good, solid training foundation. I know Hank said something about iron sights. Start with your iron sights. Learn your iron sights. Learn your rifle. Keep it simple. And you'll naturally progress and then throw on that threat focused, you know, red dot site, the EO text, the trigicons and all that fancy stuff. Mm -hmm. And get some training, mm -hmm. training, training, training. And, so and let we'll me say it. I'm training guys a rifle and they start taking stuff off. I don't need that. that that's in the way. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, you should already figure that out before you even came out here and trained with us. Yeah. I mean, basically you know, it's, go ahead, Jeremy, go ahead. Uh, what I was going to say on that, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, part part of part of instructing, you know, and, and, and a big part of part of the classes, I know the larger classes that I put on, whether it be like a dynamic close pistol class, you know, a, uh, you know, dynamic defensive rifle class or something like that. Part of that experience, part of coming into that class is learning your equipment. What works, what doesn't work? You know, I've got this new plate carrier. You know, I've done spent four hundred dollars on the plate carrier. I've spent a thousand dollars on the plates. You know, I've got fifty million AR-15 mags. You know, ten million Glock mags run across my <laughs> chest, and you know, I'm out. I'm out at Aries Training Facility. I'm out there with Fight Training LLC, and I'm out there with Jeremy. And the next thing I know, I'm dropping mags all down the range. Yep. You know, this isn't going to work for me. So, you know, I need to reassess. And I always tell tell the guys when they come out and train and gals, I say, listen, you know, if you had trouble with your gear prior to lunch. While you're on lunch, okay, eat something very small because right after lunch it's going to get very dynamic. And all my students will tell you, I tell them that on these big classes. After lunch, it gets really dynamic. What you need to do is, is you need to, ex uh, you know, assess your gear, see what's working for you, not working for you at the time, mm -hmm. and change it around. And that that's part of training. Train, train, train. Yeah. Um, so obviously, these guys are professionals. 
from my point of view as a non-professional dude, just to talk about what we're talking about right here, um, think about what kind of weight you could carry. I remember like one of my really old videos, a friend of mine that was in infantry uh, made me put on a, uh, a steel plate and run around with him. And I thought, ah, the old lady found yeah, I thought my heart was going to explode. And I was like, listen, dude, in the apocalypse, they could just take me out. Whatever. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to run around with that. Top bleed class. Real simple, right? Think Mm -hmm. how simple it is. So the guy's running in front of me and I'm picking up all his gear and I got like a handful of gear. Mm -hmm. So he gauges the target and then he gets to the end and I go, all right, your left, your right arm is shot. So you have to put your tourniquet on. Mm -hmm. He just laid there. (sighs) (sighs) <sighs> he was out. He was yeah, out. it's and he yeah. just steadily. I mean, if he was really bleeding, he was bleeding. But he looks over, and I have holding all his shit. He had an extra hat. Why the hell do you have an extra hat? Well, in case my <laughs> one half goes out, mm-hmm. just throw it on the ground. And keep running. Yeah. M sticks. It markers. I'm like, what the hell you need a marker for? Because I have to mark my location. We're not calling an airstrike, dude. You're defending your home and family. You don't need all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Get rid of all this crap. You don't need it. Yeah. If you can't walk five miles with it, then you don't need it. Yeah. If you're not fit enough to do it, you de- just. I'm not saying you have to be fit. Listen, that's I'm personal choices, huh? I'm catching up to you. Yeah. Well, listen, personal choices. If you're not fit enough, carry what you can carry. Light lightweightness is the is the the uh, big thing here. The most important thing. Um, and be realistic about situations that you could get into. Right. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. We really need to think about this. Like, what situation are you actually going to um, get into? And then to just go back a little bit to um, to the AR question, I think this is just like the handgun thing. There's so many choices out there. I know I saw people mentioning PSA. There's, you know, PSA does build uh, some pretty decent ARs. What are you doing with it? Yeah. What are you doing with it? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to take a PSA, and I'm going to go uh, across the ocean to the Bahamas with it. I'm going to destroy it. I'm going to destroy it. I'm going to decimate that gun. Mm -hmm. And it's going to look like a piece of rusted junk. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to shoot a guy in my house who's in my front yard. Mm PSA is perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. Perfectly fine. What are you doing with a PSA rifle? Mm -hmm. If you're wading through swamps in Houston for for a week, don't buy a PSA rifle. It's going to... Yeah. Not your entry level one. You might want to upgrade a couple of things in there. Well, well, that's my point, though. What are you doing with the rifle? Yeah. When you determine what you're doing with it, if you go, hey, I'm going to target shoot, perfect. Right. Hey, I'm going to shoot a guy in my front door, perfect. Mm-hmm. You get more involved with this, you need you need a better weapon, man, because if your weapon fails in a firefight and you're holding it going, this thing's a piece of crap, that guy's going to kill me. Mm-hmm. Is the It'll be a bad feeling, I can tell you, promise you that. Yeah. Spend money on your gun. I know we talked about the cheaper guns, but I had a guy come in and goes, what's the cheapest gun I can go buy? And I said, what's your life worth? I mean, I'll sell you this gun right here. It's a piece of crap, but we still sell it. It's $80. Mm-hmm. You know? In, in, interesting fact. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I, ju- I just want to say this. And, you know, I'm one of those people where, you know, o- over the last year, and, you know, and, and, and Trey will tell you this. You know, I've had my um, my uh, Instagram. And- <laughs> I'm sorry. Now he's showing off his sunglasses. <laughs> those glasses. Those glasses. Uh, you know, I'm such I've a big like- baby. He has like a new toy. He's got to show it off. He does. He does. Every, every, time, I every yeah. time I see him, he has a new toy. Mm-hmm. No way. But you know, over the last year, my social media following um, 
you know, whereas before I wasn't on social media very much at all over the last year, my social media following Mm -hmm. has progressively got a little bit bigger. Mm -hmm. And I'm one of those guys where, listen, if you follow me on Instagram, I'm going to follow you back. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, on Facebook, I pay attention to, to, to things people post and what, what it boils down to at the end of the day, a lot of times, you know, and this is just, you know, my humble opinion is priorities. Mm -hmm. I'll have someone call me on the phone and they'll say, Jeremy, you know, um, I, I, I really, really would have loved to be at that rifle class that you had last weekend. Mm -hmm. You know, the pictures, videos were awesome. It looked really, really fun. Mm -hmm. You know, unfortunately right now, you know, I didn't have the funds and I'm a, I'm a very polite guy. Mm. Okay. But but listen, Hank, Trey, so (laughs) three days before, okay. I seen their Facebook post. Mm -hmm. Okay. Where they were out downtown Orlando all weekend drinking at the nightclubs. Okay. Right. Right. You know, (laughs) they, 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 they they post the selfies with the big bottle of Jack Daniels and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, and, and bottom line, Priorities, guys. Mm-hmm. Priority. Where are your priorities at? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I know where mine are. Mm-hmm. And that's what it. That's what it boils down to. Priorities. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, everyone's on their own timeline, right? We're all living on this planet together. Everyone's on their own timeline. Some people are on the on their timeline right now. It's for partying. You know, the different things. I'm not trying to knock anything yeah. that people want to spend money on. I believe in freedom. You know, um, but you got to think about, like you just said, priorities of what you want to do. Um, I know Josh, let's see, Josh said, hey, Hank, please read this. So there you go, Josh. Bam. That, that's that's what he said. I don't know. Just There was nothing else. <laughs> I read it. So there you go. I don't know if something's coming after that. <laughs> I think something's coming after Yeah, that. we'll see. We'll see. We'll definitely uh, go through that. I cannot respond at all. For some reason, I can't follow the feed. Oh. It's really weird. But oh, okay. Whatever. You opened it up Listen, on a separate window. You're, you're better off than I am because I don't know how to follow the feed. Oh, I use my my tablet or my phone and usually follow. Yeah. That's why you see me looking down every once in a while to see what everybody's saying. Yeah. So that's the trick. Yeah, I sent yeah. you guys a I sent you guys an email with a link to share for this. If you click on that link or you go to Lifestyles of Locked and Loaded, you can open up a separate window with the with the feed, and you can. You can see the feed. You know, I, I shared the link, but I, I wasn't yeah. sure if there was some rule. You know, mm-hmm. like if you if you if you're on your phone and doing this at the same time, it'll bleed through right. and everything will get ruined. What have you been doing, Hank? I haven't seen you in a while. Huh? What have I been doing? <laughs> what have I been up to? Yeah, I've been here, man, doing this. I've been, I know. I've been trapped. I've been jumping in and out, saying, "Hey, trapped in the bottle." Yeah, I see you. I see you. Um, you know. You know, I've seen you come in. I know you. I know you guys are busy down at the range as well. It's been crazy. Everything clears up. We need. We need to get together and grab some dinner. Oh, okay. Good to see you guys for a little bit. Yeah, Josh is talking about the link he posted. I can't see that here, so I can't see if there's a link that you're posting, Josh. It's not. Uh, it's not coming up. Also, shout out to John Crump. He said that he was in D.C. He says weird stuff going on down in D.C. I saw earlier Josh was saying that this seems very organized. And they were coming across people in parking lots, organizing the crowds and stuff like that. And I know from what I've been reading about a lot of the looting and things like that, it seems very, very organized. So, um, well, yeah, they're uh, well. Go ahead. They're very, very conveniently near stores, storefronts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it seems convenient, but yeah. Um, 
You know. Now I saw y'all, you and Walter and Babyface did something. That was pretty cool. You guys did a good job of that. Uh, what was this? Was it a video that we did or just yeah, here talking? Yeah, it was a video y'all were messing around with some guns and stuff. Oh, but, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really crazy for me since this whole thing. I haven't really had a chance to... Uh, uh, you know, to take any kind of breaks because we've been doing the podcast and we've been doing videos and I've been doing yeah. some interviews and things like that that are showing up on Amoland News. John Crump mm. says found buses and out of plate uh, cars, so it looks like they're busing people in. They have comms, he's saying. You know, and he's he's working for Amoland News. Um, one thing I can tell you guys, let's see, I have the Amoland News. I there was an Amoland News article that went up here. Let me see if I could. What's it. up, John? Yeah, shout out to John. Let me see, where was this article that... Okay, I'm trying to find my articles here. Okay, here we go. Um, all right, so I did do recently a Catching Up article with Amoland, and I'll throw it up here. Catching Up with David Sailors of Liberty Suppressors. That just got turned on today. So you guys could go check that out, and there's a write-up also on Amoland News. Um, Dave talked about quite a few things in the suppressor side of the industry that I think you guys will find interesting, including this big honking suppressor here, 450, that Liberty oh, Suppressors yeah. is coming out with. Um, Be careful putting a suppressor on a Barrett. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was talking about this. So They will explode. Yeah, so if you have a, a Barrett and a semi-auto, I guess you have to get the specific... The M107A. Yeah. It will blow the bolt out the back. Yeah. Um, this particular, this the behemoth that Liberty is coming out with for 50 BMG, it's for single shot or bolt action. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, those are fine. Yeah. It's the semi-autos. You have to have the specific model for the suppressors. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think, um, doesn't, uh, Barrett makes their own suppressor in that case. Yeah, and they also make that their brake only for the M107A, and it's only it's a different thread pitch from regular Barrett's. It will not go on those guns. Yeah, so that you don't confuse them. Yeah. So Crump says he. Uh, so you know he's Crump still uh, talking about this. Listen, Crump, you need to be careful out there in D.C., man. Be very careful. That's my best advice to you. Just yeah, be careful, John. Yeah. Um, so what do you guys think about suppressors? We're talking about rifles and all that here. Are you guys into oh, suppressors? I'm all about that suppressor life. We love yeah. them. Yeah. Oh. Jeremy just got his cherry broken. <laughs> oh, 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 here, so, so here's what I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've you know Black Aces Tactical obviously has a, a suppressor that's $199. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty well known in the industry. Mm-hmm. And um, you know. Suppressors, it's kind of a niche thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, what I, what I said is, is I said, listen, so, you know, I, I specifically wanted a suppressor to hunt hogs with, okay? Mm-hmm. We do some hog hunting, and, you know, that's what I wanted it for. So I didn't see spending, you know, $1,000 on a suppressor for that, that specific task. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> so I went ahead and, and, and did the 199 got one of the Black Aces uh, suppressors and the 30 cal. It's machine gun rated. And I'm here to tell you guys, I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love it. Uh, okay. I've threaded it on 300 Blackout. Makes it super quiet. I've threaded it on 6.5 Creedmoor. Makes it super quiet. Uh, threaded it on 5.56 Rifles. Makes it super quiet. 
um, I like it. So okay, so that's and I your... save. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. There's uh, you know, there's lots of uh, choices nowadays in the suppressor market, right, Trey? I am the yeah. other way than Jeremy. I buy the really nice suppressors. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, the Black Aces one really was a good suppressor. It really turned out well. I was impressed with it. Yeah. I bought all kinds of suppressors. Paint. I bought suppressors for ninety nine bucks, man. Yeah, we had them at the range doing demos, and they mm -hmm. actually make a really good suppressor. I was pretty impressed with them. Mm -hmm. um, but I, you know, like everything, if it's cheaper, it's a little bit heavier. Mm -hmm. I, I, I kind of go for the titanium ones, a little bit lighter. I like I like the lighter ones, but um, yeah, and then we, you know. I like to play around with them and have fun. I got uh, a couple different kinds and uh, like to mess around with them. Some of them go on my sub guns and, and my pistols and different things like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I like suppressors. I've been play I, I got a couple shotgun ones too, but I haven't really played around with them very much. So probably need to break them out and kind of mess around with them for a little bit and have a little fun with them, see how they work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I guess what Josh is talking about is something. What is it? Fox News, U.S. Antifa arrest coming riots in suburbs yeah there's lots of different things going on uh with 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 these different with the riots and things like that that is that's going on um you know and it seems like these cities are having a tough time suppressing what's happening here uh, and then also we've got a lot of people i know people were sending me links of like uh you know um you know, people defending their stores and all that kind of stuff. Have you guys oh, yeah. ever heard of the rooftop of Koreans meme? Have you guys heard of that? Yeah, I've oh seen yeah, it. yeah. Don't get don't get the chopstick. That's the new thing I saw. It was pretty funny. <laughs> really? You're okay. guys like don't don't make us put the chopstick on you. That was pretty funny. Oh okay. That was from the '90s also that they did that in LA. Mm -hmm. They were protecting their storefronts. That yeah. Was, that was Guys yeah. out there in carbines and hunting rifles, but you know what? Nobody's breaking into their store. Yeah, absolutely. Here's one of the things I think SoCal sent me this earlier. Um, it says Santa Monica owner protects his store with guns amid rioting. You know, um, basically this guy was standing out in front of his store here. There's some video here, but he was he was standing in front of his store and the rioters were going by. They decided to give it a skip. <laughs> Probably a good idea. Not loot at this particular store, you know, um, which is a good thing, you know. Um, I, there's uh, there's lots of different situations of that going on right now. Um, you know, have you guys ever had to do anything like this? You ever had to uh, deal with in riot situations in, in any aspect, like law enforcement or anything? I see Jeremy smiling here. Yeah. Yeah. Not like. Not like this, but no, to, no, not uh, not on this level. Yeah, but you okay. know, in Houston, I, we were directed to shoot looters, and I told them, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to shoot looters. I'm here to rescue people and help them. Mm -hmm. so I said, uh, first thing, I can't determine if they're looting the store, or if they own it, or if a guy's come on, if a guy's getting baby food for his kid during the hurricane, I ain't shooting that guy. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was kind of a, it was weird toss up for me. Mm -hmm. Now don't get me wrong. If they're harming somebody, say mm -hmm. three guys are attacking an old woman, then obviously I would intervene. But we didn't really see that when we were in Houston, you know. And we saw looting and rioting, but again, not to this level. This is like a whole nother level. I I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like this. No, um, I mean, I, yeah, I, I I would tend to agree with you that we've seen rioting in America, 
you know, I think that this particular thing is is particularly organized. I know there's some question about all the bricks showing up in places, right? There's I've just seen that. pallets yeah. of bricks magically showing up. You know, yeah. how come the police is not going through and going, hey, there's a pallet of bricks over here. We might not want this in this uh, riot zone or this potential uh, riot zone. Well, you know, I, if if we could imagine what law enforcement is dealing with right now, mm-hmm. um, you know, you get three, four, five hundred people, thousand people, two thousand people in an area like that. It, it, it's very hard to control. And we know most of the uh, law enforcement uh, agencies across the United States, um, you know, they're not they're not really prepared for things like this. They're really not. Mm-hmm. Um you know, whether it be shortages in, in, in officers or, or, or whatever the, the, the case may be. And, um, you know, you've already got a, a, a pretty, you know, like average patrol guy. You, you start work, you start your shift, you call in, you go to roll call. Um, as soon as you hit the street, you're answering calls. Mm-hmm. Um, I know down in Atlanta, there was a lot of agencies. They were backed up 30, 40, 50 calls. Mm-hmm. You know, and now you add this stuff onto it, and it's just it's just really hard to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think ultimately, um, you know, people have to be able to be responsible for their own safety. Let's put it that way. Now, obviously, this is happening all over the country. I think this is happening less in areas where people are able to defend themselves, for the most part. You know, I think we're seeing some of this in Florida. Obviously, in Florida, it's a little bit easier. But typically, a lot of this stuff is happening in places where the the people running these places are really unwilling to do anything about it. Even though, in some cases, they were run like in Minneapolis. That's a the the police chief in Minneapolis is uh, in Minneapolis. Let's get let me get that right. This is a black guy. Now, the the police department I think is at least like seventy percent white, right? The attorney general there, also a black guy, you know, I think they're having a hard time getting people of color to be on the police force, you know, and there's there's issues there. You know, I keep saying in a lot of cases, we need to reset how the whole law enforcement thing is working in America, right? Need to vet people better, train them better, compensate them better. When you have professionals doing a job, they need to be better compensated. In some cases, even in the communities, People need to actually become police officers, right? Not everyone wants to do that job in a lot of these communities. So there's other people taking up the jobs. But at the end of the day, this is all happening in places where this is not like happening somewhere, you know, like we had in the 50s, let's say, right? Back in the 50s or whatever, you had police departments, whether it was a Democrat or Republican, uh, you know, red or blue state or whatever, you know, you could say, oh, maybe the police department's run by some some white guy that's just in the Ku Klux Klan. This is today in 2020. Right. So we're not really we're not seeing that issue. And definitely there's uh, there's some people who we could say is racist. Right. This is probably what happened with this cop, why he, you know, went over the line here and, and took this guy's life. But not everyone 
um, agrees with that. If you if you look at the situation that's happening here, everyone around America looked at this thing and said, this is terrible. Uh, I don't know if you guys had a different point of view on that, but the incident that kicked this off, I'm sure you looked at it and you're like, wow, this is terrible, right? It was sad. Yeah. So the, it's so, heartbreaking. Yeah. So the, so the weird thing about this is we're all looking at that and seeing it's terrible. It's happening in places where they're trying to do things by having a black police chief. These places are run by Democrats. The attorney general of the place, you know. Uh, the, the thing is, why are people going to the point of just losing it and now we have to, like, tear down everything, even though we clearly are not living back in the 50s? Why do you guys think that is? Is it just because we're, we've been going through the lockdown for the last two months? You know, are people just particularly upset and angry for some reason? What do you think it is? I don't know. I couldn't speculate on it because obviously I live in the country. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you're talking, you know, I guess, I guess if I was to guess, you know, people in the city live, you know, they live near each other. They live up in the buildings and my cousin lives downtown and, mm-hmm. you know, they've been cooped up. There's no vent, way to vent. You know, I'm having a crappy day. I go out to my range and shoot, or I go swimming or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, if you live in an apartment complex, you're stuck in your apartment complex watching TV. What are you watching? You're, or you're online. Mm-hmm. So you're watching all the negativity on TV, negativity online, and mm-hmm. you're just getting spoon-fed that all day. So, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I, like Jeremy said, it's sad and it's terrible. And I hope things... Mm-hmm. change and i honestly i'm not law enforcement so i couldn't tell you where it changed but you know i'll say this like i always say you know like everything there's always a few bad apples you mm-hmm. know and i know that's kind of a cliche but uh you know i've dealt with a lot of law enforcement and i've never sat there and said that guy was truly a terrible person so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i don't know that guy so i can't comment on him i can only comment on my experience mm-hmm yeah, I mean, so go ahead, Jeremy, if you want to chime in. You know, the, the only thing, you know, I, I look back at it and, you know, I kind of reflect on the 2A community. You know, there's still a lot of questions that I have unanswered, you know, about the, the, the 2A community and why we get treated so differently in the 2A community. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm a law-abiding citizen. Um and, you know, YouTube, I'll, I'll give you a good example. Um, Facebook, mm-hmm. you know, my, my company, you know, we're teaching firearm safety. Mm-hmm. I don't sell firearms on my website mm-hmm. online. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can't pay for ads on Facebook, mm-hmm. on Instagram. They have all my accounts locked. Mm-hmm. And, you know, why is any of this going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's uh, obviously, look, we're obviously dealing with a bunch of different things. Let me just get, uh, Alizé is saying, for some reason, I guess he's quoting me, laugh out loud, come on, Hank, uh, coop, uh, question mark, cooped up, how about years and years of racism? So, yeah, uh, you will never, ever, 100% get rid of racism ever okay that's never gonna happen now 
Are we the same today as we were 20 years ago or 40 years ago? I don't think so. Okay. Are there people out there who are evil and destructive? For sure. Right. We're seeing lots of different examples of that all across the board. You know, where in today's world, we don't see that only white people are serial killers. Right. Or, or go out there and commit uh, heinous crimes. We don't we don't see that. Right. Everyone's capable of doing something destructive. Most of us don't. Right. Most of us don't live our lives like that. And so I think that, yeah, you know, there's multiple things happening here at the same time. You know, if you want to fix something that's going on in your neighborhood. So let's say you live somewhere, wherever it is in America, and you feel like, hey, everything is everyone here is against me. Then there's things that you can either do to fix that, which maybe the ultimate one is don't live there anymore. You know, we could always start with that. If you think that if you think the ultimate solution, so like in America, for example, if you think that there's no way I could fix this, everyone in America is against me because of this thing that I am, right? Then don't live in America anymore. But I could tell you, as someone who's lived in an African country, that's not a solution. That's not a solution to your problem. You can go live. I lived in an African country and I had to deal with racism from people who look like me. Right. So that's that's not a solution. That's not the solution to this particular thing. Now, ultimately here, we're all here in America and we all play a part in 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 what goes on. Right. And, and what happens if you're playing a part in what's happening, if you're voting in your town, if you're voting and you're voting specifically in your town, you are the you are the people running who's who's in positions of power. I think we talk about this all the time here. If you're voting, you're voting for your mayor. Your mayor is in charge of your police department or you're you're voting for your sheriff, right? Your sheriff is in charge of your police department. There's people that can play a role in this thing. In some cases, if we we can either decide in America we don't want any cops, no cops at all. Okay? Then you, everyone has to be able to defend themselves and protect themselves, you know, and then we all have to be willing to live in what comes out of that. But if you want to have cops, then maybe there's some people who need to go become cops, right? That's the way to deal with it. For sure, it, and as long as there's human beings, you're going to have bad people doing something. You know, I just would like to know how do you, like, how does anyone think it fixes their, their neighborhood where they live where if you destroy it, if you tear it apart, if you burn it down, that's where you live. That's probably where your family lives. That's where your grandmother lives. When you destroy the stores and all that kind of stuff that are there, how are those people, go, where, where are they going to, to buy stuff? Right? What who's if gonna, who's gonna medication? You know, yeah, I was... Diabetes. Yeah. I was watching I was watching the news last night and and I very rarely anymore watch the news. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I thought it reasonable and prudent to watch last night with everything mm -hmm. going on. I wanted mm -hmm. to kind of see what was going on in my community versus, you know, nationally and things like that. Mm -hmm. And um you know, I I got really emotional at one point. Okay. There was a uh, there was a lady that had came on the on the news. And she was just bawling her eyes out. I mean, just crying. And they interviewed her. And, you know, some of the things she said, I just, wow. 
I, I didn't think about that. And, and when she was crying and, 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 and sobbing, she said, they've closed down public transportation. I don't have a car. Mm-hmm. The dollar store that I go to, that I can walk to, is shut down and ruined. It's, 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 I, I can't go there anymore. The, the grocery store that, you know, I, I go to to get groceries, I, I can't go there anymore and get groceries. And she said, you know, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. And, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of teared up a little bit. You know, those those are things that, you know, unless you're in those communities and you're seeing it firsthand, I mean, maybe you get a glimpse on it, a glimpse of it on the news. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't think about stuff like that prior to, you know, her going on uh, news and talking about it. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of people out there that are getting affected by this in ways that, you know, I can tell you in ways that that, that I can't imagine. Because where I'm at, I'm not seeing firsthand, you know, the the, the what's going on. Yeah, I'm seeing it secondhand. Yeah, and it, you know, it was kind of like when I was in law enforcement, and you know, they 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 said a lot about the war on drugs and things like that, mm-hmm. whether you believe in it or not. But I can tell you, you know, I had a lot of firsthand experience of you know some of the tragedy. You know, where I went into a home and the adults in the home were all addicted to pills, narcotic pills and the brown bags that you that you, you know, you get from the liquor store, or the, the convenience store were filled with throw up and puke and they were thrown in corners and the kids were running around dirty and and and, you know, you have an adult passed out and there's pills laying in the floor where the small little kids could get a hold to it and things like that. And I, I seen that stuff firsthand. And, um, you know, I think this is going, everything that's going on, mm-hmm. I think it's going to change our country dramatically. Okay. And, and we're seeing that. Think about new gun owners as Americans. And, and this is just my opinion. For a long time, we've lived in a bubble of a false sense of security. Think about mm-hmm. it. Okay, we live in a false sense of security. Mm-hmm. And I think what we're realizing now is is that that sense of security that we had mm-hmm. for a lot of people, and this started with COVID. It's not there anymore, guys. Mm-hmm. It's not there anymore. Yeah. When the law enforcement officers weren't responding and, and, you know, now with the situation that's going on after COVID. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think, um, okay. I see scorched earth. That's uh, our friend Rod Mills. He gave us a couple of bucks. He says he'd better watch out being, uh, my Facebook friend. So I'm not sure if you're, I don't know which one of us he's talking about here. Here's the thing. Yeah. Can, Can I listen? I can tell you guys something. Life is perspective. You know that, right? Most of life is perspective, the one that we live in. And like you just said, Jeremy, lots of people are living from a very negative, terrible, horrible uh, uh, perspective, a hell perspective, right? Um, 
and some and some people are living better. Some people are living rosy life, a, a rosy life. Most of us are in the middle. And a lot of this stuff is relative to everyone and how they live their lives and where they live their lives. I think I would probably come down somewhere closer to like what Trey is saying. I live in the country and there's no problems out where I live. There's nothing like this. Out yeah, where that's I what live. I was saying. I, mean, I, I haven't I haven't seen any of it. Yeah. yeah. So now it doesn't mean I don't realize and, and that this is going on in the world. But ultimately, we make this world. Us as people, we make the world. Now, if everyone wants to get mad and start fighting, I have to tell you something. Most people are not ready for that fight. People could talk all kinds of shit on the internet. You, you'll notice I'm not talking that because I have a perspective that understands what comes out of that. And most of the people talking shit will not survive that. Okay, if you really want to see what that boils down to, most people talking all that crap, they don't have the tools or the skills to survive that. So ultimately, what we all have to do as human beings is try to make the world better. If you really want to make the world better, I don't really believe that most people in America, black, white, whatever, want to see what happened to that guy ever happen again. We don't want to see that. But we also can't stop that. It's just like when we talk about these school shootings and things like that. We can't stop it. There's nothing. You can't make a law. You can't do anything to stop broken, evil human beings from doing things like that. Okay? Are there things that you could do to make it better? Should some should those other police officers that were there, should they have helped de-escalate that situation? For sure. For sure. Right? But ultimately, if we want to make things better, we have to actually get out there and make things better. Once we all suit up for war, once we all start fighting each other, that is a thing that most of us here are not going to see the end of. That's just the reality of it. Let's just be honest about that. Okay? If you think the government isn't prepared for all of this, hasn't run scenarios and all that kind of stuff to think of what happens if we get there and all that. They, they have, they've thought about it long way, a long way ahead of us thinking about it. Okay. If you, if from your perspective, you're upset about this and you want to do something about it, there's a lot of positive, constructive things that you could do to make the world better. And I'm not telling anyone not to protest. But if you're out there tearing places apart where you live, okay, most of these people are people who don't live in these places. That's why they're that's why they're doing what they're doing. And then they're going back somewhere else. Okay? Most of the people doing this don't live there. But if you are a person who lives there and you think that you're gonna make your community better by attacking the police officers and the firemen. And, and destroying the buildings and, and, and businesses that service you and all that kind of stuff, well, you're sorely mistaken, man. You're sorely mistaken. You're not going to make it better. You're not going to do anything to make it better. So, you know, if people want to be badass and all that kind of stuff, I, I, I think I deal with that a lot, especially, you know, guys, we're in the gun world. <laughs> and there's some people that think that this is all about badassery. If, if you watch like what I do or what Trey does, uh, even listening to Jeremy here, I don't think we're all about like we're badasses because we understand the, the, the power of these things that we're talking to you guys about. You know, um, I see that Alizé says he's tired. 
Here's what I would say to you when you're tired. Get rest, okay? If you are in a position where you don't have to wake up and fight for your life, just rest, okay? Doing things out of desperation and pressure and stress never, never is going to make anything better, okay? Ultimately, a lot of these people just need to take it easy and rest and then get up the next day and we can all work to keep making this you know, th this country that we live in better. But people are doing it every day. I can't stand here and tell you guys that people aren't doing it every day. That would be me lying. That would be me pretending that I don't see people trying to do this every day. That would be me, like, even in the situations, like, I never was in a situation like this guy that lost his life, but I was in a situation with a police officer, and you know who came to me the most and was pissed off about it? Police officers. I see them all the time. I travel all over this country and I run into those guys and they're pissed off at the thing that happened at me and they're also pissed off at the thing that happened to this guy because it makes them look bad. We, the mo most of us in America don't want this. There's no one that I, who could you guys think of in America that was like, oh, this is awesome what happened to this guy. Can you guys think of someone who said that? Nope. Not, not in, no, not, not anyone in my circle, that's for sure. Yeah, so ultimately here, we're, we're allowing other people to try to push us to something that I'm just telling you, most people, including most people who are listening to me, I don't care how many guns you have, how much ammo you have, and all that kind of stuff, you're just actually not ready. You know, and you probably don't have a good understanding of what you really, like, are praying for. But if you pray for something enough... If you imagine something enough, you'll make it happen. What we actually need to do right now is, is pull back. You know, we need to pull back on what's happening. I don't see people out there who want to see their cities and all that kind of stuff burned down to the ground. Anyone who wants that has, has, like, lost it. You know, your perspective is totally twisted if you think that's what's going to happen, so... I mean, I don't I don't want to run on with that, but I just want people out there. I know there's like people who feel this is the end. <laughs> I literally I don't know if you guys went through this, but I had some people like sending me messages like saying goodbye and shit like that. And I was like, what's now? You know, <laughs> for what I've learned in my life, if I'm not immediately in danger, here's what you need to do. Secure your family and your home. Yep. Get some rest. Observe what's going on. If we get there, then we're there. But once we get there, we're all living in a different world. And I really like as I'm talking to you guys, I don't wish for that. And, and like I know some people might like actually come on and talk. To, maybe this is why I don't have as many fans or people to follow me. My, it's never my intention. This is what people always like. Oh, how come you're always saying peace? I want peace. I prepare for war, but it's not a thing that I want to actually live in. I don't do this. I don't buy guns and do all this kind of stuff because I want that. That's, that's the opposite of what I want. So I think that people just need to maybe get some rest. You know, just chill out. Give it time. Let the sun come up. If we burn this whole, if we burn down this country and this planet, the sun's still coming up tomorrow. Do you know that? This planet will still spin. <laughs> we could, like, get rid of all of us. It's just going to reset and start all over again. 
and at some point we'll be back here. So if we really want to make it better, we just need to just try to take it easy, okay, and relax. And, the, and for the places where, pe where this stuff is happening and people are worried about it, you have to ask yourself, think to yourself, how did you get in this situation and why are people allowing it and who are those people? Who are the people in charge of this that are allowing these things to happen? Just think about that for, just think about that, okay? In New York City, the mayor of New York City, his daughter gets arrested uh, uh, rioting. And then they're wondering, oh, how come in New York City we can't get this under control? In Minneapolis, where this happened, that attorney general I was talking to you about, his son said that he supports Antifa. Regardless, if you, if you don't know, if you don't think Antifa is a terrorist organization, what, still, why would you get out there and say, and if someone else is saying, hey, we think these people are, why would you get up there and say you support them if you don't know who they are, Right? Why would you do that? And how can, the, how can the attorney general play a part in getting that city under control if that's what his son believes? So at some point we have to think here that people just, there's some people who are interested in burning everything down, but it's gonna be completely different from what anyone thinks it's actually gonna be once we get into that, so. Um, I, I don't want, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to like, I, I'm going to try to get off my soapbox here, but that's just, you know, that's just like my opinion about this. You know, you, you guys tell me what you think. <laughs> what do I think? Yeah. I think I help. I try to help people as much as I can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know that's if true. I, if I do something good, then maybe they'll do something good for somebody else. Yeah. So I'm already, you know, and as weird as this turn seems. You know, we are already looking at a particularly bad hurricane season. Mm -hmm. And I'm already calling my friends and brothers in the Bahamas and going, hey, you guys, you're going to need my help. I'm there for you. Mm -hmm. Why would? They're my friends. Mm -hmm. I've built a relationship with them guys. Mm -hmm. You know, last year when they were starving, they had one jug of peanut butter for 500 people. We brought them food and water. Mm -hmm. I'm going to yeah. do the exact same thing this year, too. Mm -hmm. Why? Why not? Instead well, of destroying, I'm going to help. Yeah, but yeah. that's what some people don't understand. Like some people think I should say, let's go out and get all the white people. When I know for a fact I deal with someone like you, Trey, like I said earlier in this conversation, if someone doesn't know you and they look at you from the outside, they might think, oh, this guy's, you know, this guy's maybe like a big old meanie or something like that. And really, he's just a big old teddy bear. You're someone who personally, like, I know the members of your family, right? You guys treat me like family. Why would I pretend that every single white person in the world hates me when they don't? When there's so many people that, uh, that you know, treat me like I'm their family and they don't actually know me. I'm just some dude on the Internet. Do you understand what I'm saying? This, yeah, is, this I... is the thing that I think a lot of people aren't thinking about. Some of us are bad. <laughs> some of us are horrible. I can tell you, Hank, at the end of the day... I'm an American, and I have moral obligations to Americans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good. Do yeah. good for people. Yeah, we have to take care of each other. But the thing is, not all of us are going to believe in that. Some of us are just going to be messed up. Some of us don't care about anyone. Some 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 black people don't care about anyone. Some white people don't care about anyone. Some men don't care about anyone. Some women. Some old people, some young people, but most of us, so, 
Show them different. Be the change that you want to see in the world. And most don't of us are different it. though, Do right? It. Yeah, but most of us are different. Most of us don't want America to, 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 to look like this and for this to be a reflection of America. And for most of us, it isn't. You know, so this is why I'm saying to you, like, to, for me, I have faith. I don't feel like, hey, this is the end. I feel like it's a horrible thing. I've got, you know, I'm a human being and I have children. My children are young men. They're young black men. But still, I don't feel like this is the end of the world. Even though something terrible could happen to me and my children and the people that I care about, it could happen to anyone out there. And the only way for us to do something about it is to do something positive about it. You know, and so this is the thing that I really like, you know, I just I, I get it, man. I don't know whether or not you guys see this, but I see that there's some people even in the gun world that feel like, oh, this is the end. This is not the end. I, I don't feel like that. I yeah. no, I definitely don't feel like that. I, you know, I feel, I feel like feel when it's over with, I'll be helping people out like I always do mm -hmm. when downtown Orlando is stabilized. I will be going to downtown Orlando to help people out with whatever capable means I have, whether it's food, water, gas, whether it's just picking up trash, I will be there, mm -hmm. and I will be in the or or I'll be in the Bahamas if yeah. the hurricane because I've already it's already been a particularly we're not even in hurricane season we've it's already had yeah. tropical storm now we're on like our third one I think we're not even in hurricane season yet so yeah. you know. And if we get if hit with a if we get hit with a triple whammy of coronavirus rioting and then hurricanes or other natural disasters, it's not just for Florida, so by the way. Years huh? on its way, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, if we get if we get hit by that and we are mentally worn out and we don't allow ourselves to rest and recuperate and 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 figure out ways of relieving our stress, then you know it's just gonna be it's just gonna be worse for all of us. You know. Well, yeah, exactly. But ultimately, the world is not as terrible as we're making it out. There's terrible things that happen. We could fix that. We could deal with that. Even for the places that have been burned down to the ground, we could fix that. There's always hope. Something yeah. changes. Something's different. Yeah. So you know, Those places that burn down the ground, then you have people that come in and help. Mm -hmm. Whether it's people in that community or people from other communities coming in and help, you will have help. Mm -hmm. You know? They'll be there for you, and it'll be the person you never thought that you would ever see helping you out. Mm -hmm. Just like the you know, just like Houston and the Bahamas and all these other places I've been, you know, I don't know these people, and they don't know me, and they'll never see me again, except for a few. I do keep in contact with a few, mm -hmm. but you know, I mean, the old man that I helped out, he was underwater. His house was underwater, and he was living in the attic. We came in there and helped him out. We brought him food and water. He didn't want. He didn't want to leave. We told him we'd take him out. Mm -hmm. Now, he didn't know who I was. He'll never see me again, ever. Mm -hmm. But he'll remember somebody helped him out, and maybe one day he'll do the same thing. Mm -hmm. so. And that's. I think that's what it's about. You know, uh, my dad always told me charity begins at home. So if you want to feel better, just look around you. If you've got family, be nice to them. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You got friends, be nice. <laughs> you know, if you don't have any of that, you see some people, just be nice. I know that's not going to cure everything in the world, but, you know, um, you know, I think that we, uh, we can make the world a better place by wanting it to be a better place and wanting things to be better and then working on it 
and just getting up every day and working on it. Just like we're talking here about, you know, you guys are asking us questions about guns and training and stuff like that. You have to actually work on the world being better every day. Because, like, I don't think, like, I'm definitely not perfect. I'm really messed up. You know, but I try to like do things and, and be better every day. And I'm just, you know, I know we're running a little late, but the whole reason why I actually do this show and I spend two hours, I spend, I'm, I'm literally not in my house. This is a place that I pay for and cost me a lot of money. And I do this, though, so that we could talk to each other so that like there's an audience. They could talk to me. They can ask me things. I could talk to them so I could bring guys on here like Jeremy and Trey and all the people that come on here all the time and talk to you guys because we're trying to make all of this better. We're trying to make like the gun community better. We're trying to help each other and look out for each other. And if you're really trying to look out for each other, don't make the next person feel like this is the desperate situation and the end of the world. That's the beginning of the end. You know, so I just really don't think it's like that. I, I'm thinking in a couple of days, we'll get over this, we'll move past this. And if we want to make it better and not have this happen again, we have to be better and we have to try to be better and avoid the things like this that upset all of us so much. The, the, par the part of it that's real. But dudes out there like burning down stores and breaking up things and, and hurting people and all that, they're not doing that to make the world better. They're just doing that for themselves for whatever reason, okay? That's what they're up to. So, anyway, um, you know, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna let you guys, Jeremy. I don't know. We probably took like a real crazy turn here. Maybe you weren't expecting that. Mm, that's right. <laughs> the ink show. I'm yeah. always on. Well, listen. I'm show. trying to respond to. We love it. I'm trying to respond to people out there, and it just seems like some people. You know, some people feel bad. And sometimes the only way to deal with that, like we can't pretend we don't see it or we don't hear it. Like we got to talk to them and let them know, first of all, that they hear us, you know, and, and then we've got to like maybe try to give them some kind of thread or something like that to pull themselves, uh, <laughs> pull themselves out of it. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, Jeremy. I don't know if you have any closing thoughts here or you want to tell folks out there if they want to talk to you a little bit more, find out more about what you do. How can they do that, man? Guys, stay safe. Make mm -hmm. smart decisions. Use that cognitive thought process. Keep your family safe. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at ORWarrior underscore. Mm -hmm. Okay. You can reach out to me on Facebook, just Jeremy Liggett or Fight Training LLC. Trey's got it down there, I see, huh? And then um, website, www.fighttrainingllc.com. Or listen, just Google Fight Training LLC and we'll pop right up. Yeah, we looked at, yeah, I looked into that, man. You're you're all over the internet, surprisingly. Taking over the yeah, internet. Yeah, <laughs> we've been working hard. We've been working hard, man. That's yeah. next Jerry Meckley. <laughs> all right, so Trey, how can the people out there, how can they find out more about Aries Firearms Training? Oh, look you at that. Look at you coming prepared. Right. What's so, going on? Right here. <laughs> Larry's Farm Training. We're on Facebook. Our phone Trey, number. Trey has been here before, I see. <laughs> I've seen that. Yeah. I've seen some Hank action. Mm -hmm. That's how you can get in touch with me. You guys can always rewind to the YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you know, guys, be safe out there. Help other people out. Yeah. Somebody broke down the side road, give them gas. Help them out. Yeah, absolutely. 10 minutes of just stopping and going, sir, can I help you out? 
No, I already called the tow truck. There it is. You did something. Yeah. You made the change that you wanted in the world. Amen. I had it happen a couple days ago. Guy was broken down in the middle of the road. I pulled up. Sir, can I help you with anything? No, I've already called a tow truck and somebody's on the way, but thank you very much. All right. I hope you have a nice afternoon. How simple was that? That's you every day, Trey. I've seen it happen many times. Yeah, 100%. That's Trey. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the good things about Trey, man. That's, uh, you know, I'm not just saying that, like, you know, you are that guy who definitely wants to help. And that's how we do it. We make the world better in whatever way we can. You don't have to be wealthy. You don't have to have a lot of things. You don't even have to do a lot. You just have to want to make it better and then work somehow on making it better every day. So, um, you know what? I'm going to wrap this up. I, I'm thanking everyone for uh, listening and watching and commenting with us. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about something else. If you feel like you want to talk, get something uh, you know, off your chest and all that kind of stuff, we'll be back here tomorrow. I want to thank Franklin Armory for sponsoring the channel. I'm going to, everyone stay right there. I'm going to run in the end of this. Uh, smash the thumbs up. <laughs> Ring the bell so you can be notified when we go live, all that kind of good stuff. We'll rip this, make it into um, an audio file that'll go up on iTunes and other places where you get this stuff. And like I said, we will be back here tomorrow if you still feel like you need to talk about this or anything else. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Please go check out Fight Training as well as our uh, Ares Firearms Training. Thanks to everyone out there. Be safe, be good to each other. We love you. All right. Yeah. Any last words, guys, before I press the button? Don't go to downtown Orlando. <laughs> Stay safe, guys. Stay, Stay safe. safe. Take care of Stay each other. All right. Stay safe. Love you. Peace. We're out.